welcome one and all to Too Young to Be This Old. I am your host, Ben, here with my co-host, Andy, this evening. Hello. Tonight we actually have a guest, and once again it's a different guest, so we're not repeating our guest again. Uh, we have somebody I've come to know through just a uh, podcast I enjoy, uh, PS Nation. So we have uh, Michael here, or as he's known on PS Nation, the first MJC. I understand I have more than a minute on the show? <laughs> you do. You okay. have more than just one minute. Okay. Good. Thank you <laughs> yeah. for having me. Then. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, but yeah, Michael does a uh, weekly uh, PlayStation podcast. Um, so if you want to plug that, you know, feel free. Yeah, I do a podcast. It is, I guess I could pr- say it's the longest running PlayStation podcast on the internet. And it is called PS Nation. Uh, you can find us at Twitter at PS Nation, psnation.com. It's just three people who aren't directly involved in the game industry talking games. Awesome. And yeah, we'll definitely, uh, we'll throw all that down in the show notes. So if anybody uh, who, you know, didn't come here from probably you uh, talking about us on, on your Twitter, we'll, uh, we'll be able to go check that out if they're interested. So uh, Ben, run us through that uh, good old housekeeping. Indeed. You know, that's where you can find them on social media. You can find us um, on Facebook at Too Young to Be This Old, as well as on Twitter. Although Andy, I do believe you need to spell out how you have it spelled on Twitter to make it easier to find. Sure, put that in I'll... the show notes. Um, we also have the website, uh, podcast dot too young to be this old dot com, where you can get the RSS feed or anything like that. See all of our episode breakdowns there as well. And YouTube is still soon dot blizzard tm um yes <laughs> so moving into our our next subject we always like to do our what's new and what we've been up to i'll let you go ahead and start here andy all right so since the last time we recorded which is still weird because we've recorded multiple episodes in the past few weeks and we've been responsible and gotten ahead it's really odd um but uh that night after our last recording i went and saw captain marvel um, and I won't spoil anything, but I very much enjoyed it. Uh, besides that, uh, just this uh, past Sunday, we had uh, WWE Fastlane, and uh, so was watching that with you, Ben. And uh, besides yes, that, were. just been uh, kind of dealing with a bunch of Plex server nonsense and trying to get some uh, things updated there. So that's been that's been everything but work. Everything but work? Yeah. Uh, for me, that's all it's been here lately. It's been a ton of work. Uh, been getting crazy busy at my place uh, of employment, so we've been focusing on trying to get caught up on work. I have managed to somehow blow out my back, so currently dealing with that at the moment. And I've been playing a lot of iRacing, finally up into the K&N Pro Stock Series, making that push to be a pro- professional esports NASCAR <laughs> driver. That's the dream, right? That's living the dream. Let me tell you. All right. Uh, Michael, you want to give us a little bit of your uh, playing, watching, what you've been up to past week or so? For for me, it's been a lot of Apex Legends. Just really addicted to that, constantly playing it. Even though I have, like, games I have to review for my website, uh, I still find myself on Apex Legends (laughs) almost nightly. Nice. Reasons outlines have been getting shorter and shorter is Apex Legends. Apex Legends, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ben's Ben's been on that a lot more than me, but I've I've had fun the the times I've actually made time to jump into it. It it's and... weird. I only win when I play with strangers. Really? 
Yeah, when when I play <laughs> with my friends, we we are a train wreck. Has that uh, has that replaced uh, blackout mode for you lately? Completely. Yeah. Really. Um, nice. So my, I know you were all about blackout mode for a bit there. Yeah, it just kind of fell apart. I don't know if it was just because Apex right. is new hotness or just the support for it didn't <laughs> do well enough That's to true. keep me and my group uh, attached to it. Yeah, that makes sense. That's fair. Awesome. Uh, the the gunplay in Apex is just so good. It, oh yeah, and just uh, the the things that like so I don't have to use my mic in Apex, and I love that because I'm antisocial. <laughs> the, being able to just like pin locations and communicate so well, and like not only the communication you can do by pointing things out, but your character actually talks enough when something is in its view of sight that I often find myself talking over the character pointing out the same thing that I wanted to point out. <laughs> right, right. Nice. Yeah. nice. It's, it's yeah, that, that's what I enjoyed the, the few times I've played. And sorry, go ahead, Ben. No, what they said, that's it. It makes it so much easier <laughs> because the the communication is basically done for you in the game. So even if you don't know exactly how to call something out, your in-game character is going to call it out. You can ping weapons, what's dropped, share stuff with people request stuff, all that button press yeah. instead of having to have a microphone. I, you know, Ben, and we haven't played it together, but I feel like we could because we, we shouldn't run into the problem that we did during PUBG where I didn't feel like talking the whole time. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> this this might work for us. <laughs> but uh, let's, uh, let's move into our topic for this week. So this week we are going to be talking about something we joking uh, joke about all the time. All the We're going to talk about wrestling, the male soap opera. <laughs> So, starting with something simple here with this uh, kind of rundown, what got you into wrestling? And we'll go ahead and start with our guest, Michael, here. Yeah, for me, it's funny. You call it a male soap opera. I compare it to if the jocks in high school had a joint drama club. Yes. I've quoted you on that one because I've, okay. I've, that's how I explain it to people now. Because since you said that, it's perfect. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's exactly what you would expect. It's a bunch of meatheads. Just being... So, um, I know, uh, Ben... You won't like this reference, uh, but it also reminds me of in the office when Michael Scott uh, is an improv class. <laughs> yes! Oh, oh my God, it does. Ends with a gun, and it's basically oh. wrestling. Everything yeah. ends with a fight. Yeah, basically every moment, Ben, he's just like he'll be like. Uh, Michael Scar and FBI, put your hands up. And he has a gun. Or if he's disallowed from having a gun in improv, he will whisper in their ears that I have a gun. <laughs> And oh <laughs> that's just every single portion. That's I'm such gonna, a good reference. Dude, I'm, I'm so gonna, happy you use that. I'm gonna have to get hammered drunk and try to barrel through the office one day. Uh, yeah, you've got to. I'm the king of derailing things on my podcast, so I'm gonna do it for a second. <laughs> what is your problem with the office? Is it the cringe? Uh, the, okay. So I've been told I need to start at season two because season one isn't that good, according to Andy. I, 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 it's just too uncomfortable for somebody who's jumping into it, I think, already with a preconceived negativity I, towards the series. I don't want to say it's the cringe. It's just the I don't find a lot of it funny. And like a, like like Park and, Parks and Rec I love, but that's because like from episode one I was laughing. At. And it just... The office took it does actually take a season because it it heavy it goes too much into like the UK office where it is just supposed to make you uncomfortable and cringe. So yeah, you probably kind of have to start at season two, yeah, uh, before they get into like jokes every minute or every second, like like a Parks and Rec does. But like the cringe is really hard in that first season. 
Okay. It's true, and even even season two has like I think like shades of it, right? And oh, for sure, uh, you've watched it probably around the same amount of times as I have, which is a just innumerable amount. And there's every time I've gotten somebody new into it, they they still cringe a little bit. Season two, and by season three, it's like it hit its stride, which I think a lot of shows sometimes take about three seasons to like really hit stride. And season three just kind of smoothly goes along, and it is fantastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry, I, I derailed. No, you're good. Okay. You're good. You're good. So, so what you got you into wrestling? <laughs> All right. So, um, I uh, I was born in '89, so I watched like a lot of the early '90s. My older brother was super into wrestling, uh, and then when he got out of it, I just kind of inherited all of his toys, like all the like the hard nice. plastic wrestling toys. Nice. Like the LBJs. Yeah, yeah. Like right around that era where they were okay. just like terrible, like to play with. <laughs> Um, but I, uh, really got into that. And then that was also the early nineties. I forget exactly. It's like the golden era or the late eighties, early nineties, uh, with like Hogan, ultimate warrior, macho man, all the very cartoony, like crazy characters. So like that really got me into wrestling though. All the wrestlers that like from that era, you really can't, uh, talk about nowadays without bringing up some horrible, horrible things like, Ultimate Warrior for the longest time was my favorite wrestler, but as I got older and found out about how he was as a person, that has oh, kind man. of shifted. Yeah. Um, but like my early, like my preteen years were the Attitude Era, like which is like WWF at its like best. So like I I, I got to see the different waves uh, of WWF and then to WWE. I did drop off for like a little bit and then got back in around CM Punk, which I'm sure I'll mention him a couple times uh, in this episode. Oh, Um, oh, fun. (laughs) (laughs) Ben Uh, has feelings. Oh, that's fair. That's right. I forget that sometimes. I I am from Chicago, so I will rep CM Punk. (laughs) (laughs) It's easy to see where our loyalties lie here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, um, I Ben, I kind of want you to go here next because I think you and Michael have similar similar eras as far as when you were into wrestling. Yeah, I'm about to say, Michael, Michael talking about being born in 89, it's the exact same age. Um, I didn't have an older brother to inherit wrestling toys from. But uh, for me, honestly, it was um, when the Cruiserweights came into WCW was really my first big memories of uh, wanting to start watching wrestling because of the bright colors, the mask. And things like that. I was a huge fan of Ultimo Dragon. Um, and then, of course, despised at the time, Chris Jericho. So I was a big WCW fan up until... That accent. That accent. The... I was going to say, like, your accent means you like WCW. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Being from the <laughs> South? Definitely. Definitely. Um, but it was that was, that was my big thing is I, I love WCW. I would watch WWF, but at... I wasn't supposed to watch WWF according to my parents because of the language, like you were talking about with the attitude era and stuff. I wasn't supposed to watch that, but, uh, still but did. did anyway. Yeah. But, you, but you still do anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that's fair. similar story. I kind of dropped off and really came back hard and heavy. Uh, mid, mid to late two thousands. Started coming back and watching it really about the, I guess, the ruthless aggression era when it started. Um, and have really been keeping up with it ever since. 
So uh, to, to me, what got me into it to, to boil it down were the bright colors and the action of the cruiserweights in WCW. Nice. Yeah, and you've you've stayed pretty consistent then since the early 2000s, right, on keeping up with everything. For the most part. Yeah. If I, if I didn't keep up with it live, I have mm-hmm. gone back and you've gone that back. $9.99 a month that I pay for <laughs> WWE Network. There you go. First WWE Network unintentional ad. Oh, no, that was fully intentional. <laughs> I meant to do that. Just try to pull that sponsorship in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, for me, I have, I think, the the most different uh, story about how I got into wrestling uh, from both of you guys because uh, it kind of happened by accident. Um, ben Ben spent years talking to me about Kevin Owens this, Kevin Owens that, um, and, and I just would listen to him and you know, humor him, but uh, I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. So I was never into wrestling when I was younger, and then there came this period in work where me and my boss were on a lot of late night uh, issues and calls, or sometimes we even be sitting in the office together pretty late into the night, and it always happened to be on Tuesday night, and SmackDown happens on Tuesday night. So for some reason, we both got in the habit of turning the TV on and SmackDown would be on, or he would turn it on, and we'd be on the call, and we're talking, and I can hear SmackDown. And then he starts telling me about it, and telling me about it, and, like, recapping the stories to me every week. Um, <laughs> it was like every Wednesday, we'd sit there in the morning, both in the office early, probably eating breakfast, and we would sit there, and he'd be like, okay, so this Shinsuke Nakamura guy, he came out, and then there's this Jinder Mahal guy, and, and that should tell you about when I got into it, which was, like, I guess... Ben, was that early 2017, late 2016 time sounds range? Right. Sounds yeah, about right. Yeah, it yeah. sounds about right. Gender, gender was champion when I, when I started. All I'm saying so. is I tried to invite you over for pay-per-views you tried. for months. <laughs> for months. But, but no. What, so what got me, you know, that was what, what started, you know, started getting me into it. And then I think what hooked me and what, what really got me into it was that a few, you know, a few weeks into just kind of this kind of following it uh lightly and then you know kind of half half jokingly following him being like this is just ridiculous because it's jocks and drama it's it's just a perfect description was uh i got a chance to go to uh smackdown uh here in atlanta and we got a ridiculously stupid cheap deal now that i've realized how good that deal was where we were in the lower bowl for like 30 bucks a ticket and me and three other guys from work went and (laughs) Watching it live and didn't invite you, I know. Hurt you so bad. But being at that live event and seeing these guys, you know, pretty much up close and personal was fascinating. And then from there, I've been watching the weekly show. Ben and I get together for almost every single pay-per-view. And uh, that's that's kind of been how I've launched into it. But I've started the latest. So Ben is my historian where I'll go back and be like, what what are they talking about here? Because... <laughs> I wasn't watching it, you know, even four years ago. So that's that's been me. Well, at yeah. least you you went to SmackDown in a good city, because that's yeah really important for wrestling. Is yeah, if you would have went, like, if you were from a city like I don't Lafayette, know, Louisiana, Lafayette, yeah, well, I was oh say man, Lafayette. yeah, Lafayette, or even the DC crowd last time was horrible for SmackDown 1000. Because <laughs> your first experience in a crowd can completely change. Um, oh, yeah. Based on, like, hey, the crowd seems very bored and quiet. This is terrible. 
No, it's it's true, and and even looking back on it is like probably that SmackDown wasn't some of the best matches. Um, I remember AJ Styles versus Dolph Ziggler being a strangely bad match for those two, uh, but the crowd was still going insane. Let's back that up because all I heard after that SmackDown you went to was. I don't see why you like AJ Styles or Dolph Ziggler. They both <laughs> it's because like they had a horrible wrestling. match, and then I was convinced. <laughs> oh. But you know who yeah. had a great match there was Shinsuke, and that's why. Yeah. He had a great entrance for... there. Yeah, you were hooked. Did. Yeah, you're right. But, but sorry, Michael, I think you were about to say something. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, AJ Styles is very hit or miss sometimes for me as well. That's fair. It that's really, fair. really depends on who he's in the ring with. Um,. I mean, again, I'm I'm very partial. We'll say it's the accent again to AJ Styles, but my high school <laughs> wrestling coach actually went to high school with AJ. Um, so we had gotten a chance to meet him when he was in TNA still. And when he came to WWE at that Royal Rumble, I lost my ever-loving mind. But they ruined it by focusing on Roman Reigns the entire time. Well, they ruined a lot of... bothers me. They ruined a lot of things by focusing on Roman Reigns in that time period. Yeah. But just like, (laughs) we didn't even get a shot of his Tron. We just heard the music and then they just had Roman sitting in the corner the entire time. I was so upset. The, The best part about that, though, is when they finally do pan on it after the crowd erupts. The moment still works, but I think, like you said, I would have rather it panned to the Tron and us had seen the words appearing instead of it turning and us just seeing AJ. I think that was an opportunity missed. They edited uh, the pay-per-view on the network, but it still focuses on Roman, but they cut a little bit sooner to the I Am Phenomenal stuff. Okay, okay. They they realized they were wrong. That's really funny that you mentioned that now, because that reminds me that... uh, you know, obviously, I didn't watch. I wasn't watching at that time period, but Ben has gone back and made me watch it. And I remember, Ben, you being like, here's where they fuck up the intro. And I'm like, I kind of see it, but I kind of don't. So now the fact that it was edited makes a lot more sense. Yeah, they and, changed it because before it literally, the music hit and it just right. focused on Roman until AJ starts walking down the aisle. And oh, man. In the edited version, so they at bad. least cut a little bit of that. To where you at least see him walk out with the hoodie on. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Kevin Dunn. He's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man. Nice. But uh, go ahead, Ben. I was going to say, I don't even feel like we need to answer this next question because we kind of already are what keeps us watching. And it's the story and the characters for me. Yeah, that's um, definitely it for me too. Is is just story, and and especially as we uh, as we hit that old road to WrestleMania. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's only my second time paying attention to this, but that road to WrestleMania season is fucking electric. Because even the weekly shows become more uh, more worthwhile watching. I think. Oh, for sure. The uh, like we we give it a lot of crap about like oh it's Jackson drama class, but it's it has its moments and it has enough of the moments spread out that keeps me intrigued. You know, like I've had matches. I don't know how hardcore you guys get with stuff, but like, you know, like the Sasha Banks, Bailey feud and NXT type stuff where you could really get emotionally attached where you, you feel more oh, yeah. that you should for like silly wrestling. Oh no. Uh, I, I teared up when they took away Kofi's championship chance. 
No, exactly. It was, it was not okay. I was like, no, you can't show me Kofi this sad. It's it's not right. Eleven especially, years, especially Kofi. Like, and, and the best thing about Kofi, I'm glad you mentioned like him uh, for this moment. Like, all of his storytelling was done in the ring during that gauntlet match when he was the shouting off microphone. Oh yes, I've waited eleven years for this. That felt real, and oh, it was so good. Feels real. That's when it's at its best. Yes. It's the best story that WWE has told, and I honestly think the only one that comes close is Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. It's oh, for sure. It's and you know there was something about this latest SmackDown. I don't seeing as how they host us at Fastlane with some wording. Um, he never said he would give him a title shot if he uh, won that gauntlet match. Just want that to be stated. Vince Keeping that disrespect going. Never said the phrase that you will get a title shot if you win that gauntlet match. So yeah, I don't think I don't think he he can because they still have like three weeks to build. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm just saying it's just one of those things where they're I'm I'm seeing how this story is going. I'm ready to watch the rug get pulled out from under Kofi again, and he's gonna go out and probably dominate this gauntlet match or have a really good showing in this gauntlet match and then Vince be like, okay, I'll consider you for a chance now. That ain't guarantee your shot. Now you gotta do another gauntlet match. <laughs> Just keep keep moving the goalpost on him. Yeah, basically. Oh my god. I mean, yeah, Kofi story, and it seems like the internet is nothing but uh, Kofi and Becky and Kofi and Becky. So... How, how do the... you feel about the Becky story, Michael? So, I... I love Becky Lynch. I've been a fan of hers since uh, she lost that title match in NXT to Sasha Banks and she was crying and the crowd saying her theme song as she walked out. Like, I've been hooked on her since then. But oh, they've they've fumbled her story that was so great and natural. It was. And they just dragged it out and they overcomplicated it. Like, with the, oh, you're suspended, you're unsuspended, now you have to win your way through, now you have to win, you know, they did way too much. She's still good. And also, they, like, toned her down a little bit. Uh, Yeah, I've noticed that. Last year, she was literally calling Charlotte a bitch in the room. Yeah. And now she's going, like, oh, you're a dope. You know, like, she's just, like... (laughs) like, Some sponsor got angry somewhere. Right, or someone was like, hey, she can sell more merch to children if we, you know, tone her down a little bit. I think think the toning down is more of they... Since the crowd's going to cheer regardless, they're trying to move her more towards the face side of things. So, because I feel like that's the whole thing they did with Ronda was to make sure that the crowd is going to boo Ronda regardless. But now storyline, it makes sense to boo Ronda and cheer <laughs> Becky. Like, yeah. they had to they had to reach around their ass to touch their elbow to get there. <laughs> yeah. But th- this is what we've gotten to get there. And Charlotte has always been the odd woman out in this feud to me with this going on. I'm pretty sure she's just there to eat a pen. <laughs> that that's like the only reason she's in there, unless you know Vince McMahon is really upset with Ronda Rousey and makes her tap to right. the armbar. Like, oh like, man, it's either Ronda's gonna tap to the armbar or Charlotte's just gonna eat a pen. There's an, those are the only two like results that we can expect. But yeah. I'm 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 just a little worried because like with the Kofi story, where they still have several weeks, they still have several weeks with the Ronda story, and I. I, or the Ronda Becky story, and I hope they don't do any more shenanigans. Like, yeah, I don't need I, any Vince Russo swerves anymore. <laughs> I just need 
that to be set, do a couple promos, and be done with it. Yeah. It, ah, man. It's, <laughs> I know, they had something so good. They it was. Do this they had so something so simple, and then they had to go and make it complicated. There was no need for all the twists and turns that we have taken to get there. Yeah, I mean, we're making fun of it during Fastlane, right? The, if Becky wins this match, she gets a women's championship opportunity. <laughs> like the, you know, three lines of text for the stipulation on the on the promo card for the match between, you know, between the other matches was just hilarious enough in showing that they've uh, gone, a, gone a bit too far with that. Yeah, that story. She'll win her spot that she already earned by winning the Royal Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> And was that she lost by getting suspended. Getting suspended get is now unsuspended, right? Yeah, it just, this... <laughs> it's it's going to have to be like, uh, you know, the Star Wars intro text, you know, before before any time Becky comes on screen soon. Uh, also, did you guys watch SmackDown? I did uh, yes. not, well, but I've, I've read, read about it, it at yeah. least okay. a little bit. She no longer really has a limp, and she's not wearing crutches or a knee brace. Her knee is magically healed. <laughs> Magic. After getting the shit kicked out of her the last month, and also being in a match where Charlotte went after her knee. But now she's good. That's like, that's amazing. She went and got I, that I, Kobe Bryant therapy. Yeah. <laughs> she flew up to Germany, it? got fixed up, came back. Yeah. Oh my god, that's, that that's hilarious. So but one thing, and, and Ben will enjoys and i think hates this partially is during the pay-per-view i sit there and just kind of watch the reddit live thread r squared circle just lose their freaking mind about everything that happens during the pay-per-view and i think there was just non-stops of like why is she still limping why is she still limping so i think they just were like okay okay the internet's angry we're just gonna just just lose the limp let's go <laughs> yeah that, that worries me at wwe just being, <laughs> if they're actually react. following that then yeah i'm worried <laughs> But you know they, they do follow some of that stuff. Oh, There's yeah, definitely. some poor intern or executive that has to follow the Reddit and the Twitter feed. Has, and... has to aggregate all that and be like, okay, based on this, you know, need to lose the limp, need to never do this. There's always going to be a CM Punk entry in that aggregate of what, what the WWE universe wants, I'm sure. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> need to calm down I, here. I am so tired of crowds chanting CM Punk. It has so been is Shane McMahon. Too many years. He's never coming back. Stop. Please. I mean, to me now, it, it isn't even uh, about like CM Punk coming back. It's literally just, this is boring chant now. It's the new yeah, it's replaced. Chant. It's replaced the yeah, yeah. This is boring or anything like that. It's just, you know, once a crowd starts cheering and stuff like that, yeah, it's a point across better than chanting CM Punk to me. I, right, I, but they got troll. But also, not saying anything gets a point across better. Yes, that's what I've been trying to explain to people for so long. Of like, hey, you didn't like Roman Reigns? Silence. Would have Silence. Been. Exactly. Are you? Roman's Reigns' best promo happened after WrestleMania, what was it, 32, where he beat The Undertaker? Yeah, and he just stood there silent. Stood there silent, getting booed mercilessly for like five solid minutes of booze. This is my yard now. Mic drop, walk out. Best promo the man's ever cut in his career until (laughs) probably, what, two Mondays ago when he came back from cancer? Yeah. Yeah, and now we get, you know, 15 minutes of cheering Roman. It's, I mean, 
can Vince McMahon get any happier? He's finally got Roman getting sheared. I would think Vince McMahon's evil enough that he is happy he got Roman sheared, even if it was this way. <laughs> yeah, even if it's this horrible way where he had to go through this, Vince is happy he's getting sheared. Yep, he, but, he finally got the reaction he, he wanted. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to get that reaction somehow. Somewhere. <laughs> but... I mean, I, I've I've very much enjoyed the uh, you know one last time uh, Shield story, and I can't wait. One to... last mother bleep 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 <laughs> time. <laughs> oh, did that you, was that was my yeah. favorite part. Did you did you watch Fastlane, Michael? Yes, yes, I, I just, did. I did. Okay. I just did watch it live. But yeah, they okay, said yeah. the last time so many times. So many times. Yeah. But I just love that moment where Seth Rollins got so hyped and it bleeped out for like. 20 seconds at least on the live feed it was like and and i wonder if you can read his mouth the whole time oh yeah oh because the editing wasn't even perfect you heard the beginning and the end of his word yeah just cut the middle so good yeah so good you could you could lip read that middle plain as day (laughs) there's a few other times too where like you could totally lip read like uh roman reigns being like come on motherfucker like a few other things like it was, it was fantastic yeah. those are those are always some of my favorite uh pay-per-view moments but uh speaking there of pay-per-views were, there were a lot of moments in that last pay-per-view there... that we were like so we have uh we have a grading scale when it comes to pay-per-views um <laughs> yes which backlash was that backlash 17 that was just this year so that was 18 so backlash 18 was so boring all of us watching fell asleep, so it is now known as Naplash. Forever <laughs> so, and always. Yeah, there's so, basically three of us sitting in my living room, and everybody took a nap. Like, we all just fell the fuck asleep, and at some point, somebody woke up, and we're like, what, 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 is there a pay-per-view going on? What's what's happening? <laughs> so I, I had to go back now and like look at which backlash <laughs> that was. What, 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 which one was this? I don't, I don't know <laughs> if it was 18 or 17, but I know it was not good. It was um, it was definitely eighteen because we haven't had another backlash to make fun of since. I don't know. It all blurs. Oh, together. Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. Yeah, I could see. That. <laughs> yep, yes. yep, that was Naplash. Yeah, that was Naplash. <laughs> that was. Naplash. I was just about to pull it up for you and be like, uh, "It had this." <laughs> yeah, it had but, Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe, which should have been good, but it was yeah, not. It was not. That might have been the only match I was awake for. Was that yeah. one? And I think because, like you said, it wasn't that good. I was like, I'm done. Yeah, um, that was a that was a rough one, but that that now judges all pay per views. As long as it's not a Naplash, we're happy. As long as it's not a Naplash or a Punjabi prison match, which Ben oh, does enjoy no. telling this oh, story. Oh, we gotta go. go we go oh ahead. man. So Andy and his wife see the stipulations for Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal in the Punjabi prison match. They are so amped thinking this is going to be the greatest match they've ever oh, seen. I'm and I'm just like, guys, please temper your expectations. I have horrible news for you. It and we, did, we we stayed hype all the way until it started. Did you it, have you seen like what the prison the cell looks like? We hadn't seen it until the pay-per-view started and we were like, "Oh. Yeah, hmm. yeah. And How's you can't that going to work? Anything? How's you that going to work? And you know what? Going on. It didn't. Hey, but, it, but we got Great Kali. I was going to say, yeah. it had one of the greatest moments where Great Kali looked like he thought he won the world championship. <laughs> he really did. It was That was the best thing about that whole pay-per-view. It was like those last 
10 seconds. And so many. It's, there's one thing I do miss about Gender being champion, and it's Singh Brothers dying for shitty matches. Oh, those Singh Brothers, they would die for so many shitty matches. Oh, man. Randy poor Orton guys. just murdered the hell out of them. <laughs> Randy murdered them. Brock murdered them. Everybody murdered them. And it was great. Yeah. And then one of them ended up injured for like ever nine months or something. Yeah. It was really bad. Yeah. So poor, poor Sing Brothers. Oh, but man. uh They're besides so good on the indies too. Like Were they? Yeah, the Bollywood oh. brothers. They're so good. Well, that's hilarious. I mean my favorite thing about Jinder was the way he clutched a title. Like nobody clutches like Jinder. He would just he clutched that title with so much emotion and you know, stare at the crowd, scared, and run away for just SmackDown after SmackDown after SmackDown. Pretend he wasn't Canadian. Was oh, God, yeah. that was the funniest thing when I finally, like, figured that out and just looked him up, and I was like, wait, he's Canadian? And then people from India said he had the worst, uh, like, like, he had the worst, like, he did not know the language that well. He was oh, really that's so good. Him, so when like, he was actually accent. speaking, it was just kind of crap. Yeah, like I, I, oh, I talked to some hilarious. people like on Twitter that are, that are from India, and they're just like, "Oof, we know what he's saying, but it doesn't sound great." It it sound like rough. Oh, that's, that's so good. I mean, I feel like his whole his whole championship run was used kind of to just uh, grab that uh, India market, and and then they just they freaking dropped him so fast. Yep, as soon as that was done, and they realized he wasn't actually selling tickets, he dropped yeah. the title. They were just like, no, no, that title's gone. We're going to switch it on SmackDown. <laughs> Not even losing this on a pay-per-view. But uh, I think we've we've danced around pay-per-views for a bit. Uh, so I think we wanted to talk about, and maybe we've kind of mentioned some of them, our favorite uh, pay-per-view themes. And well, I guess we've mentioned some of the worst ones. But uh, Ben? Bar none, my favorite pay-per-view is the Royal Rumble. Yes. I really enjoy the the surprise factor, which we haven't gotten as much in more recent Rumbles. Um, I guess not this year's Rumble, but the previous Rumble where you had the surprise entrance of Rey Mysterio um, coming out and performing. For me, the highlight of that Royal Rumble was the Hurricane coming out, getting to do his little Hurricane choke slam spot and get eliminated. Oh, I you just, lost your mind. I do. I love the hurricane. I've always <laughs> lo- have loved Shane Helms in whatever form, but that was just awesome seeing the hurricane again. I I've missed the hurricane, and I know he's now working backstage as a producer. I would love to see them green tights one more time. One more time. <laughs> one, will if you're a producer backstage, you eventually end up jobbing out to someone. <laughs> one last hurricane. One last hurricane. I just want him to be long enough before The Rock makes his next appearance. Oh yes. So they can have a little reunion in the back. Like, you know how much I'm waiting for that. I've never. I have yet to see a Rock reappearance, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna lose it. I'm just gonna go insane. As Ben's long, not excited for it. You will no, until he starts talking, and then you're like, yeah. mm. and then it'll be about as disappointing as a Punjabi prison match. So I'm gonna Possibly. explain to you why The Rock <laughs> gets disappointing. Uh, going back to WrestleMania 31, he gets to come out and has this huge flamethrower that he lights his name on fire on the stage. And just for, it felt like ever he did nothing. He just like (laughs) let the crowd cheer. And I'm just like, I don't care that the rock just came out with a flamethrower. I'm just ready for him to be gone. 
And then he has like an eight second match against Eric Rowan as part oh of the Wyatt God. family. Right. And that's a big deal. And then the Wyatt family looks like he's gonna beat him up, and then all of a sudden let's you know, let's save this segment with John Cena coming back from injury. Okay. I mean, how else I, do you save a WrestleMania than with Cena and Cena Cam? Cena Cam. Cena Cam. See, Punk ruined The Rock for me when The Rock came back. <laughs> and Punk kind of went a little too hard into The Rock in terms of like, hey, I see you have shit written on your hand because The Rock... That was had... Cena that actually called him out on that. Oh, Cena called him out on that? Yeah, Cena actually... called him Yeah, Cena okay, he called, called him out, out on that, that one. Uh, yeah. But like call... when he came back for that angle and he kind of ruined like the summer of Punk run type thing with, you know, Punk, Cena... And Rock, they had to force him into that storyline. And then we had Rock promos, like, leading up to WrestleMania. And each promo was just either too long or the same. Or he was just still making references to the Attitude Era Rock. And it was just like, please stop. Like, the I love Rock. The Rock. Yeah. Oh, we love The Rock. I mean, Ben, ben is very we much love explained that. We love Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson is a key we to profit in any... Any Hollywood venture you have. Yes. Dwayne Johnson as an actor is great, but I feel like when he comes back as the rock, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. He still plays that Attitude Era rock, and that Attitude Era rock has not aged at aged all. Horribly. Yeah, it's aged horribly. So <laughs> I think I think when the rock makes his reappearance, just come out and be Dwayne Johnson, but call yourself the rock, we'll be on the right track. But yeah, I like the, that. Like I said, the, the Rumble is always my favorite, and it's the time of year where, like, when AJ came out, the rumors were saying that it was going to happen, but there was nothing confirmed, and then all of a sudden it happened, and it was huge. It's always nice when you hear about some of these contracts that are coming up at around the Rumble of, oh, this person may be there, this person may be there, and stuff like that, and I think now that you have the Women's Rumble as well, it just adds more to that pay-per-view, because you never know which women are going to come back to... Have oh, another yeah. chance in the in uh, in uh in the ring, and this year's I don't know the women's rumble was more enjoyable in uh, this pay per view I think than um than the men's. I wouldn't so, go that far. I know. I would I say you go last far, year's but... women's rumble was better than the men's rumble, and this year the men's rumble actually was a little bit better than. Yeah, that's I'm, fair. I'm with that. I'm with that. The women's rumble last year was amazing because you didn't know who was coming out. Right. Exactly. Um, totally you knew they had to Yeah, everything was supplies. Whereas this year's Rumble was much more. You already knew who was going to be in the women's Rumble, and then the men's Rumble just really did well. It was just a good, yeah. It was a good. Match. No, it's fair. It was a good match. It was a good match. I just you know I'm biased normally, but the Royal See, Rumble I, does I, also lend itself to a fantastic drinking game. Well. No, there's there's so many great great combinations you can do with the Royal Rumble. Uh, All the of them end uh, in death. They they do, but uh, for me, uh, it's Money in the Bank. I, I don't know if it's because the first pay per view I ever watched was Money in the Bank, and that's why it's it's a happy place for me. Uh, but I do still remember watching that first Money in the Bank with you, Ben, and that uh that uh Carmella having the Money in the Bank tossed down to her by uh, James Ellsworth. <laughs> All oh, that nonsense. Pedophile, James yeah, Ellsworth. exactly. Famed pedophile. That's a that's a real good look for uh, for WWE. That's awesome. Hey, that's nowhere near the worst look WWE. <laughs> <laughs> they had some pretty bad ones, but like, yeah. 
the first women's money of the bank was won by James Elthorth, and now you can't it's even just, like talk about him. Yeah, you can't even you can't even mention it anymore. So it's it's horrible. But well, well it's it's well, here's something <laughs> when we say we can't mention it, one thing that always gets me you know, with wrestling is you really have to separate the performers from the person. Uh, when you talk wrestling, especially the comment you made earlier about like early '90s wrestlers like Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, some of those guys, they have some skeletons in their closet, but that's their personal life, not what we saw on TV. Because to me, Hulk Hogan will always be like, when you think of wrestling, it's always going to be Hulk Hogan. But I have no respect for the man, Terry Boyea, that plays Hulk Hogan, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I can separate Hulk Hogan from Terry Boyea. I can't separate Warrior from Warrior, because that's his real name. Uh, <laughs> it used to be Elwick. He legally changed yeah. his name to Warrior. Uh, because they they have a, an award named after him, and they talk about how he was a great human being, and he might have changed his life towards the end, but I know about 10, 15 years of history of him doing horrible, or saying horrible things, and that one is the only one I'm uncomfortable with. Uh, just like when they did the, uh, the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royale, and oh yeah! All those reports came out, and it's just and like pulled it back. Yeah, <laughs> just to the that Snickers was Battle Royale. <laughs> Snickers Battle. I just yeah, I remember that it was like by the time I had watched SmackDown, I think that week they had already like pulled it back, and they kept they had all these promos as I was watching SmackDown, and I was like, oh, this 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 is barely a week, and this didn't age well, but. Also, no, WWE that's... just kind of like walks into this stuff. Just like <laughs> a couple weeks ago, or was it maybe like a month ago, when Tamina Snuka came back, and Corey Graves kept saying Tamina Snuka's Snuka's got the killer <laughs> instinct in her blood, and I'm just like, oh god, oh no, stop saying that. And they said it multiple times, and I didn't know if Vince was just cracking up in the back because apparently he has a <laughs> fucked up sense of humor. There's a lot of things that Corey Graves says nowadays that we all see in different lights. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, Corey it's Graves funny is, watching. It's rough sometimes. <laughs> it's funny uh, listening to Corey Graves talk about Carmella now. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh God. So when that whole thing broke, <laughs> I I'm yes. trying to call Andy because I am I am on the hype train uh, about <laughs> all these details, and I tell him he goes, "Oh my God, I can't believe he cheated on his wife with Mandy." And I was like, "No, this is where it gets better. It wasn't Mandy." <laughs> it would have been so great. It would have fit. It would have fit. And this is the same thing when I when I texted my wife. I was like, "Hey, Corey Graves got ch- caught cheating," and she was like, "Oh my god, with Mandy." And I was like, "No, it wasn't." <laughs> it's was just it was the funniest thing. And then like just you know, c- kind of a disaster. Also, just watching how how much got released from his oh, yeah. uh, his wife. That was just oh, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, I we shouldn't be reading these messages. This is horrible. But damn. Just, and what's I'm, your what's your favorite pay per view theme here, Michael? I'm actually gonna agree and say Money in the Bank. Um, okay. Nice. I I really love the concept of the briefcase. So it's not necessarily like the pay per view that is my favorite part. It's the right. aftermath. Oh yeah. The, the Deus Ex Machina that is the Money in the Bank briefcase. Yeah, the get out of jail creative <laughs> card. Exactly, yes. like, oh god, this dude's not selling tickets. How do we get the title off of him? Money in the bank. Let's go. Yep. Oh man, I I also I love when it's used like almost right away though too. Like especially this year with uh 
Alexa Bliss just just coming in there, cashing in right away. There's been so many, like, the one time I was a Dolph Ziggler fan is when he cashed in on Alberto, <laughs> Alberto Del Rio. And that crowd after WrestleMania was so hype. Like, there's been so many great moments. Like, Edge's cash-ins were great. Like, there's only been a couple letdowns with that. Like, Sheamus's cash-in, and then when Sandow tried to cash it in and failed. Sheamus's cash-in was on Roman at Survivor Series, right? I believe so. Yeah, because that Survivor Series was in Atlanta because we have a friend that went there. That yeah. And, like, yeah. it was already upsetting that Sheamus had won it. <laughs> let alone him <laughs> cashing it in right after Roman Reigns wins the title. <laughs> and then I think Roman beat him like the next, like really soon after like, it was gosh, like the next geez. pay-per-view um, something like that. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, it was cause it was next after pay-per-view. And then that set up at Royal rumble, the winner of the rumble got the belt. And then lo and behold, we have triple H holding the belt again. <laughs> of course I have put himself over. Yeah, I have very mixed emotions when it comes to Triple H. Because, God, do I love his entrance music. And I, I love know. some of the matches he has. <laughs> but there's sometimes I'm just like, stop. Please. I, I, I love him as the NXT daddy. And <laughs> I I also love Papa, that he has... Papa H. Yeah. Papa H. And I love that he has multiple theme songs based on if he's heel or face. Like and, and they're all done by Motorhead. Yes, and they're and they're slightly <laughs> they're only slightly different, but like when you hear it, you're like, oh, okay, he's in. You know what's happening. <laughs> I, I I think Triple H Batista at WrestleMania is going to be my guilty pleasure match of the night. I just got Sorry, a you cut out. Is going to be your one of the night. It's going to be my guilty. It's not going to be the match of the night at all. It's going to be my guilty <laughs> pleasure of the night. Because I have a strong feeling that there's going to be a Ric Flair come out and chop the hell out of somebody at some point. <laughs> I, I just uh, Ric Flair just got off life support last year. I don't want just, unless they're going to golf on. cart him to the ring. He's going to hide under the ring with Hornswoggle. He's already going to be in position. Okay, <laughs> because confirmed lore is Hornswoggle just lives under every uh, every ring, right? That's right. That's what happens. And that's why Titus O'Neil tripped and went under the ring at Greatest Royal Rumble. <laughs> To check to see what Hornswoggle was. Oh God! My favorite story about <laughs> about Titus tripping at Greatest Royal Rumble is the fact that the reason they kept replaying that so many times is because Vince McMahon was back there just cracking up and kept telling uh, the the staff to just play that again, play that again. <laughs> I can just I can see it, and it's. It's amazing. It was the most exciting thing about the Greatest Royal Rumble. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was the highlight of that, that show. God, it really uh, was. I, that I put that one Daniel on. Daniel Bryan's ground beef test. Oh, that's when oh, we realized that if you breathe his Strong chest now. worked his chest so hard that <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a, a weird pay-per-view overall, though. Yeah. I, I then, keep I keep remembering this going back and forth. Like, are we going to watch it? Are we not going to watch it? Are we going to watch yeah. it? We, no, we're going to watch it. Yeah. Well, we didn't watch that two one more every year for the next nine every years. Every single year. Remember, we didn't watch that one together, but we did watch. Uh, um, sorry, what was the name of the other one? Crown Jewel. Yeah, we watched Crown Jewel together. Yeah, we, we tried to watch yeah. Super Showdown, but that uh, timing yeah. was awful. That timing was just impossible. Like Five a.m. in the morning. It's like not <laughs> yeah. happening here on the East Coast. <laughs> 
I, I think I remember you, Michael, mentioning something about how it's on at five in the morning, so there's no way I'm watching that live. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no way. We like talk through ideas about how we were gonna do it, and and I think I think it was because we had something, or both of us, or one of us had something going on the night before, and we're like, we could just stay up until, you know, until it starts, and then just sleep the whole night. And it's just it turned out to be no, we're not gonna do that. That's ridiculous. And you made the right choice because. <laughs> We really it's not did. A can't show. It's a show. It's another country. That's all it is. It's true. It's true. But it does have one last tombstone, which which we quote all the time now. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just I remember I I think Ben, you and I called it at the moment. We were like one last tombstone, and then it happened. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, but. Back to Money in the Bank. I wasn't sure, Michael, if you had any other comments before we derailed. No, I think you, you you pretty much said everything about like uh, Money in the Bank uh, being like a good like theme and everything like that. I just like the implications it has story story wise. Uh, I was gonna pick the Royal Rumble, but I had an issue with the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Well, first one is I knew one of you were gonna pick the Royal Rumble, so I <laughs> made my second choice Money in the Bank. That's fair. But then you picked Money in the Bank, and I didn't pick the third one. Oh, elimination Chamber. <laughs> Oh. No, I um, I, I'd never liked the Elimination Chamber, or I don't like Hell in a Cell or TLC being pay per view themes because I liked when the Hell in a Cell meant something. Yeah. And then they just have like two or three matches in a Hell in a Cell, and it's just like, eh. Yeah. Yeah, that was oh, weird to me it. watching watching my first Hell in a Cell and being like, wait, wait, this match is not a, Ben. What's what's happening? I don't understand yeah. why. Are the they only not... thing about Hell in a Cell is Shane McMahon's gonna jump off of it. That's what you need to know about Hell in a Cell. <laughs> I, I remember going to Backlash in Rosemont. Oh, uh, nice. 2001, and Shane climbed, like, back then, they for Backlash, they had, like, these huge stage with, like, swinging, like, cleavers or whatever like that, or hooks. And Whoa. Shane McMahon climbed that, and holy shit, that was tall. <gasps> Is that and when he, he jumped just... on Big Show? Yes, that was when he jumped okay. on Big Show. I was in the crowd for that one, and remember nice. being like awesome. completely like I was in the second tier, and he was still higher than holy <laughs> crap NYC tour. Just like the, this, the angle and everything just made it look ridiculous. Oh my god, that's so good. Did you? I mean, were you just just everybody losing their goddamn mind though? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, everyone just like lost their, especially the Chicago crowd in Rosemont is. Just, oh like, yes ridiculous right. how like crazy that was good crowd it's it's amazing like you just said that you know the more because me and andy, i think i've made andy a lot more aware of this over the past couple months uh how much a crowd can affect the the way you feel about what's going on on the screen and i really thought at fast lane that as much shit as i want to give creative of wwe sometimes they did a pretty good job of keeping the crowd involved across the board uh when you can close out a pay-per-view with the crowd cheering, I think you've done something correctly because the bad ones always end in silence. It seems like. Yeah. They always end and, and not, uh, an earned silence, like shocked. Like, right. Right. It can end in silence, but it has to be shocking. And WWE yeah. has tried shocking and that's been Jinder Mahal winning. <laughs> you know, like, which, yeah. you know, like, I think that happened in Chicago as well. Uh, oh man. Um, or yeah, or he was defending it and people thought he was going to lose and he totally right. won. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, the, the crowd is super huge. I think that's what helped NXT uh, for the longest time, especially like the takeover crowds. Uh, <laughs> NXT has amazing matches, but like the crowd is so important for NXT. Uh, or at least for the takeovers. The NXT shows, I feel like the crowd got kind of full of themselves and they're aware they're important, so they got kind of annoying. <laughs> That's how I feel about a lot of crowds here lately. Um, but you're completely right. And also, I think with NXT, they only do the four big pay-per-views a year with their takeovers. And they blow it out of the water every time. Like, there is not a match on a takeover card that is a bathroom break match. At Not all. at all. You have to hope they do like a quick two minute intermission for you. To- yes, some kind of promo package that's gonna you know let you actually run and, yeah. and go to the bathroom. Because I mean, which uh, which was the one we just watched, Ben? Right where we started at like two in the uh, afternoon drinking. That and- was for. Um, it was right before was Royal the- Rumble. Yeah, it was for the Rumble. Yeah. But that was the first time I watched an, uh, maybe like the second time I watched an entire NXT pay per view because I think the first one I watched was uh, War Games when oh God, you explained to me with that concept and I was like ah, I'm watching it. <laughs> so that was I, I, their pay per views are always really really awesome and and for a while I thought it was kind of internet circle jerk about. NXT pay-per-views being so good and the take oh, no, being is. so good. I, it is it a circle is, jerk, but, but it, it is definitely earned. Exactly. Like there's yeah. so much, so much hype going on about it. And I was like, Oh, this is probably, probably kind of crappy. No, no. I Also, mean, if Finn Balor would bring back some of them NXT takeover intros, I would be so happy. It, what was it, NXT Dallas, where he comes out as the freaking Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre with a smock yeah. and a chainsaw. Um, the one they did over in London, he comes out as Jack the Ripper. Have just you like, ever... Sorry, go on. No, no, I just... Those are the two that always come to mind. Did you ever see like what he would do in Japan and like at the indie scenes where he would just dress up as Bane or he would do Venom? Oh, I didn't. I didn't see it when they happened, but after I discovered who Finn Balor was, I've gone back. Um, Those were fantastic, and I I wish he could do that more, but they seem to be set with the demon look the way it is, where he wears, like, a bad Rasta wig. (laughs) When they even do that? Make him him marketable. Um, For me... Like you, I know you've mentioned indies a couple times. For me, like I've I've just recently started putting more attention on New Japan, and not gonna lie, that really started with the Chris Jericho Kenny Omega match. Um, a few years. A lot of people. But yeah, that's the first time New Japan hit my radar. Uh, Ring of Honor has always been on the radar because of how many wrestlers that were in Ring of Honor have come to WWE and NXT. So I think once I really started watching NXT is when I started noticing more of the indie stuff. Yeah, but, like the Reign of Honor stuff still holds up. Like even though the camera work is awful uh, for some of the older, older stuff, like the AJ Styles, Samoa Joe stuff there, the Punk Samoa Joe stuff's amazing in Reign of Honor. And then the like the El Generico Kevin Steen stuff is just mind-blowing. But... You, you you either need to hit like a daily motion video and watch some illegal videos or buy Oof. DVD box sets for the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, or uh, El Generico stuff. Oh, I um, right. That stuff that is now. phenomenal. Yeah. That, yeah, that sounds and, awesome. And for those that don't know, you kind of hinted at it there. El Generico is uh, WWE Sami Zayn. 
and no, Kevin I don't know Steen what you're talking is. About. Kevin <laughs> <Owens>. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we don't. We don't know. Never mind. My bad. Yeah. yeah. But, so, uh, so you mentioned like indies in New Japan, and uh, I mean, neither of you mentioned you know the one wrestling company that is streaming twenty four seven on Twitch, and that is Impact Wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, never been an impact guy. No, so, no, it's it's more of a huge joke that Ben and I. Have. Yeah, so Andy one day is just sitting on Twitch and finds out that Impact Wrestling is streaming on Twitch, and he starts watching it. And like the first thing he sees is um, Ron Killings, and he goes, "He looks like our truth." And I'm like, "Cause he is." Um, Andy, I I have to tell you, he is also K Quick. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah, so it, it's it's really funny also, you know, speaking of impact, how, how many of the stars on the main roster today have either had a stint at TNA um and then come back to WWE or you know, vice versa. Yeah, the the history part of it fascinated me when I first watched uh <laughs> One of those episodes of Something Else to Wrestle With on the network that you recommended to me, Ben, where they talked a lot about TNA, and I think it was the AJ Styles one, um, where he dug into that a lot. And then watching some of the Impact stuff and seeing some of the stuff they talked about, it, it's just fun for the history and being like, oh, hey, look, there's a, there's Samoa Joe jumping off of you know, bleachers and stuff. And, and just fun to watch, but uh, th- the novelty of it wore off in, in maybe about two hours or so. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching that Twitch stream. Yeah, Impact was always just kind of weird for me just because they turned into the, like, Retirement the misfits home. from WWE. <laughs> right, it was like, you didn't you didn't work out in WWE? You got a pill addiction? You got a DUI? Come on down. <laughs> it's like the misfits of WWE, Sting, and then some young guys who would end up having to get the shit kicked out of them by, like, the misfits of the WWE and right. WCW. Or oh, let's man. put AJ Styles on a Ric Flair robe. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Let's... Poor AJ. Yeah. I-, I will say this. I do miss Beer Money, Inc. with Bobby Roode and James Storm. I did... I So, I when he popped up in NXT for, like, a hot minute, I went back and watched Beer Money, and they were fantastic. I just like the idea of a tag team calling themselves a Beer Money. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> it just... It goes with your brand, Ben, so it's it, fine. It, it I does. understand. It goes with my brand. <laughs> There's nothing about that that's shocking to me, that you like a tag team named Beer Money. <laughs> yeah. He went from Beer Money to Glorious. It's a weird Yeah. Position. Yeah. Oh man! I, and I, I, uh, if you're fighting for beer money, I don't see how you ever become glorious. But whatever, I, you know, he did it. He's just the, always drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just gonna like sidebar and 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 throw you off because it's not on the uh, on the outline, Ben. But do you have a favorite wrestling intro? Alistair Black. Intro? All right, that's fair. He's that he's that hardcore boy who just like never got over his. Emo you phase. just you just you <laughs> needed to have seen the first time he came out, Andy. It was because coming up from the side, coming out of that, um, the intros he had at some of the takeovers with having a live band on stage. There's just something about his intro. Like I hear his music and I see the way he comes out, and I'm just like somebody about to get that ass whooped. <laughs> no, it's. It's not a bad intro. I enjoy it, but I also enjoy making fun of him. I, I know you do, and I hope he kicks you in the face one day. 
<laughs> I would I would enjoy that opportunity if it uh, if it came to that. But uh, what's your favorite, Andy? Oh, I have so many, but I think Shinsuke still still gets me. Old or new intro? Uh, old old intro. Just so much hype, and and AJ Styles. I started by kind of laughing about it, but but I I get ridiculously hype, and you've seen it. Yes. When, uh, when that AJ Styles intro hits. And, and Michael, what about you? I would say Nakamura, but I do like both. I like you, the heel nice. Nakamura. Oh, I like the heel one too. I like the heel one too. It took and, me and, a couple seconds to to, or it took me a couple <laughs> times hearing it to like it. Yeah. Until um, heel Nakamura gets to come out with Nita Strauss playing his intro, I'm not sold. <laughs> uh, Nita Strauss makes every intro better. That's true. <laughs> And I also like um, Johnny Gargano, Gargano's uh, theme song. Uh, uh, oh, his uh, knockoff Paramore. I, for yeah, knock so, off Paramore. Because I love Paramore, so I okay. like the knockoff Paramore. No, okay. that's fair. If you enjoy Paramore, then you know, like uh, B level Paramore is also also good. But I, I, I actually looked kinda... up to check if it was Paramore or not, and then I was like, okay, no, it's not. It's like generic WWE, and I eventually came upon Rebel Heart, and I was like, okay. <laughs> And also, just, uh, Sami Zayn's is uh, Sami Zayn's one of my favorites, but he has a good babyface theme song. Uh, I almost forget it because he's been gone for so long, but I have a vague memory of it right now. It, it's just one of those theme songs. NXT does really good jobs of theme songs the crowd can sing to, uh, and that's just one sense. of those ones that they 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 have. Like NXT, like whoever uh, it's like CFO Dollar Sign or whatever the hell they're called, they make really good theme songs. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 really glad he's doing it instead of Jim Johnson doing everything now. It it's been a very welcome change. What you uh, you don't like the classics from Jim Johnson like Ass Man? And... I mean, I'm not saying I don't. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm glad to see us moving in a new direction. Okay. <laughs> I don't of think WWE... I don't think Ass Man is going to do real well <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> Probably he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame with DX. So, so is China. Yeah, and Harlem Heat. That one threw me off. Oh yeah, Harlem Heat, who never wrestled in the WWE. <laughs> did they not? No, no. Only oh, Booker T did. Stevie Ray never right. made it over. Yep. There we go. That's where is that's Stevie pretty Ray? Cool. Uh, he is running uh, Booker T's wrestling school in that Texas. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Is Booker T already in the Hall of Fame? Is he going to be a two-time yes. Hall of Famer? Uh, he will be a two-time Hall of Famer. Okay, so he can say two-time, two-time maybe or something? Something like that. You know, it's him. I think it's I him. So. After DX goes in, Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair will all be two-time Hall of Famers. So you know eventually Triple H will probably be a two-time Hall of Famer and Ric Flair will probably be a three-time Hall of Famer because I'm assuming Evolution goes into the Hall of Fame at some point. So then Triple H will be a three-time... And then, just for the hell of it, they'll put the click in the Hall of Fame separately. Yeah. What, what about the four time? Then they get to put the four horsemen in to get Ric Flair's numbers back. <laughs> <laughs> just keep keep finding ways to get him in again. Since we're going since we're going off track here, Go is ahead. there a specific move performed by a specific wrestler that like just strikes you as it being their move? Like I'm not talking like finishers. Like I'm talking the way somebody does a certain move that. It's their move only. Um, Arn Anderson's Spinebuster. You are get out of my head. 
that get <laughs> out of my head. Nice. Like that's his move. There's people that like actually do it pretty well. Um, I think Carl Anderson has like a really good spine buster. Um, which is an odd pick, like to pick yeah. Carl Anderson, but like him, like that's one thing I always hate is like Bobby Roode. Everyone talks about his spine buster, but it's nowhere near as good as like an Arn Anderson one. No, Arn is the man. It's the snap he gets on it, the snap and rotation that are so different from everybody else. Uh, Carl Anderson, like you said, has a good one. I've always enjoyed Batista's because of how violent it looks. Triple oh, yeah. H, he's, he's just ripping you out of the the, the air, basically. Yeah. Tri- Triple H's is always look good, but you can definitely tell it's styled after Arn's. But yeah, and and The Rock had a good one, but it was I think it was more good because it always set up the people's elbow. Yeah, The Rock's uh, spinebuster, like Arn Anderson could beat you with a spinebuster. Uh, the Rock needed it to do his like it was a setup move. Yeah, it's like it's like Jake Roberts with the DDT. Everybody does the DDT now, but when Jake Roberts did the DDT, that was it. You you knew you weren't getting back up. Yeah, he was the only one that would make a DDT believable as yeah. a finisher. All right, Andy, your turn. Oh, it's hard for me, but but uh, the Dean Ambrose and his dirty deeds. It's probably just my favorite move to yell every time he does it. That's... As long as you didn't pick the stupid rope thing he does. No. Thing? No, no. Yes. Oh God, I hate the rebound lariat. Oh my God, it was but so I do... cool the first time. <laughs> I do love yelling "dirty deeds" every single time, and and just waiting for him to pull off that dirty deeds. And then Ben Ben knows how much I love Triple H's pedigree, and how I just just he can do that all day, and I'm happy. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of wrestlers that have like very specific moves that I like. No one will do a super kick as good as Shawn Michaels. Uh, <laughs> Although Kyrie everyone Sane, will try. They will. Uh, Kyrie Sane has like the second best elbow drop only to Macho Man. Oh, her elbow drop is so good. You're right. Like Macho Man's the only other person that has an elbow drop that I would be like, okay, that one might be better than Kyrie Sane. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's Punk, Punk had a pretty good elbow drop too. I never liked Punk's elbow drop actually. Oh. Like, like I and I'm a huge punk fan, but yeah, I never thought it was believable. Not as a finisher, but it worked in his repertoire. I always thought, especially when he was wearing the star pants for a while, kind of channeling his inner Macho Man. There yeah, for, I could see that. Kind of work. Michaels had a decent one too. Shawn Michaels did. Yeah, he but, he had a decent one, but he had to stop it after he still pulled it out from time to time. Yeah, but that super kick, that sweet chin music from Shawn Michaels. Is, <laughs> The the most memorable one to me is always there, there's two that stick out to my mind. Um, the first one from the emotional standpoint of the retirement match with Ric Flair, where Ric Flair barely gets to his feet. You see Michael's looking at him is like, "I'm sorry, I love you," and then kicks a man in the mouth to retire him. And then the other one when he catches Shelton Benjamin out of the air from a springboard, just like that just happened. And then uh. Another super kick in my mind that comes close to that is uh, the uh, Adam Cole on Ricochet while he's upside down. Oh, God. That one, I, re- I, had, <laughs> oh, like, even I was geez. watching it live. I still was like, okay, no, I'm going to be on delay now because I'm going to rewind it like five, yeah. six times. <laughs> I think we did the same thing. We, we did. I, it was that <laughs> The timing on that move, the precision on that move was insane how well they hit that move. Oh, yeah, and I, I really hope they don't flub Ricochet on the main roster, even though I know it's probably going to happen. 
it probably hopefully that's why I'm hoping they hold Velveteen Dream until the XFL is out, so then Vince is nowhere near Velveteen Dream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just we gotta keep you safe. You do not the, want the Vince pants, to call you the up. Call me up, Vince Pants. Oh, the greatest yeah. tights and, uh, ever Dream's worn. On, like another level. And, and Velveteen Dream does three. weird things where, like, uh, was it last weekend? He was just on Twitter. He's like, my DMs are open. Give me your phone number and I will call you. And then he legit was calling people oh my for God. a couple hours. I just uh, love the one. He cut it. I think it was on Instagram. He cuts a promo. And he's like, for those of you wondering, yes, Velveteen Dream is by Lingual. And then does a promo <laughs> in Spanish. And I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect. See, Vince would, Vince would just gold dust him like completely (laughs) but it's getting gold dusted a bad thing because that man's been around for 20 something years at this point getting a paycheck he's had a career gold dust has a ceiling (laughs) and that is the united states championship in the current wwe that's true Uh, although velveteen dream is only like 23 years old yeah he could be oh my god yeah Yeah. he could gold dust also had a really good power slam or scoop slam, sorry, not power. Also, slam. Uh, Velveteen Dream's like reverse DDT is fantastic. That that he pulls that out, that that is amazing. Like the dude's got an amazing skill set. Uh, I'm, I'm, He's got a great look too. He's got everything you want in a champion. I just think the character, ha- like you, kind of like what you said. I think the character has a ceiling. Um, it, it does. Uh, he's evolved it a little bit. So, yeah. like. If they would have, if they would have called him up a year ago, he would have just been destroyed. He would have just been like a joke character. He would be with the B team. Uh, but as oh, he's evolving, uh, he's just at twenty three, so like he still has like a huge time to grow that character. Yeah. Uh, just he just has to stay in NXT as long as Vince McMahon's alive. <laughs> We just we just can't we can't do this to you. Like Vince McMahon passes away, and then that Papa Monday H night, Velveteen <laughs> Dream opens Raw. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> wearing all black because he's in mourning because Vince didn't call him up. Yeah, so he comes out and he 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 debuts, but only in the way that he introduces the next you know two and a half hours of Raw, and that is the Vince McMahon story documentary drop (laughs) (laughs) narrates the the entire documentary (laughs) so so since we're kind of on that subject um on the main roster um who do you think needs a character reboot on the main roster right now everyone (laughs) across the board clean the slate and start over is what you're saying um I uh, I really want someone to save Chad Gable. Um, oh right! By save Chad Gable, Gable, do you mean take him away from Bobby Roode? Yes. Because yes, I am on board yes. on that. I don't know Please how do. many times I have said that. As far <laughs> away from Bobby Roode as possible. Just like when you watch Fastlane and they were doing an intro and he was just like looking at Bobby Roode doing his intro and then he's like half a second off. Like I don't know if that was on purpose. Can we or talk, he's can just we that t- uncomfortable. <laughs> Can we talk about how the Royal Rumble, the, 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 the cameraman yes. trying to oh, follow yeah, yes, yes. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable ate it, and they didn't think to switch cameramen? No, they let that poor cameraman fall and let the world know it, and it was the funniest thing ever. 
Also, there's a pre-show, which is, like, streamed on everything. It's true. So it's, like, that's the one time you don't want to show unprofessionalism, but they're, like, nah. Exactly. You're not doing a good job of trying to get think, somebody to pay for goes, your yeah. service by showing that. I think that goes that. back to Vince having that sense of humor where he made them replay Titus falling a million times. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that, was a, that was a very memorable moment. So, so, Andy, where do you think uh, the character reset needs to happen? Oh, man. I have a few, so I'm having a hard time. Uh, I think they're I mean, I think they're about to do it, and they've done it, I think, countless times, right? If I look back at the history, is that uh, Dolph Ziggler, something's going to change, I think, when he comes back, I hope. He just needs to leave. <laughs> he needs to literally leave. Just, like, just go. Yes, no, I'm, I'm, like, dead serious. Like, not even in a funny way. Like, he, do, he needs to go. <laughs> I, I feel like where the comedy store and he can try that again. Hey, he's, he's on tour for that right now. Yeah. Okay. What, good. That's, stay. Yeah. That's why he's been gone for a while. So, so, you, so why do you hate Dolph Ziggler? So yeah. That's, that was like, that's a topic I want to dig into. I just feel like we've seen his ceiling and he just is super stale. They've tried making him a face. They've tried making him a heel. He just doesn't have that charisma. And since he's just always been around losing, like, we don't miss him because we know when he comes back, he's just going to put someone else over. Like, he's still one of the best sellers in wrestling. I was about to say, but the man can sell. He can sell, but it means nothing if you don't believe he's going to do anything. He's like, right. he's the Shawn Michaels equivalent of the Brooklyn Brawler. Like, he's... That's the best a- analogy I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I, I got wrestling He's face. the Shawn Michaels of <laughs> oh, selling, man. basically. Yeah, that that's that's what he is. Um and I think he needs to go away like and come back in a couple years. Like I'm not saying go away forever. Okay, okay. Yeah, I can get behind that. He's he's at an age right now where nothing's going to change for him and right. people aren't going to care unless he goes away and reinvents himself and then people will miss him cuz like he came back and like he said he was like leaving and then he came back two weeks later to the Royal Rumble. You know, and oh, you know, I remember that. Yeah, he was like, I'm done. And then he was back, and I was sitting there. Like, I'm not saying he has to go to AEW, because he'll probably right. just be a jobber at AEW. Oh, uh, yeah. But if he can go to, like, uh, New Japan, like, uh, Juice Robinson is, like, a perfect example, but even on a higher level of, like, in NXT, CJ Parker was nothing. He would just constantly lose and put people over. He went to New Japan and reinvented himself, and now he's, like, one of the top indie stars. Like, Dolph Ziggler could be, like, collecting all the championship belts in the indie scene and then come back, and I think he would get, like, a huge reaction. Definitely. You, uh, you sold me on that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm down with that plan. I, I've, I've, I've thought that for a while, but... <laughs> yeah. I don't... What do you feel about AEW since you've brought that up a couple times? Oh, it's yeah. a It's a t-shirt company. Uh, <laughs> oh that's fantastic <laughs> uh, it's a really popular t-shirt company um that has a lot of money that that's pretty much all they are right now until they have even if they do like without a tv contract a weekly show anything they're just a t- t-shirt company like every like if you follow their twitter account it's literally like, hey, we got new merch. Like every yeah, no, I I followed that, and it's almost the same with their Instagram. It's like, hey, check out the shirt, bro. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's all it is. is. Uh, like, I think I think it's a great idea, but like you said, until we start seeing a weekly television product, 
I'm tired of the internet comparing them being like, oh, they're going to be the reason WWE goes out of business. Um, yeah, that's been driving me crazy because I'm just like, I don't, I don't see it I think it if yet, your name is not, last name is not Jackson, Jericho, Omega, or whatever Cody wants to call himself nowadays. He can't you're, call himself. You're basically, Vince yeah. owns his name, so. Owns his last name. I think yeah. if you're not one of those, I don't think you're truly going to be able to make a lot of money. I no, think. like. There's only so much money that the Jaguars are going to be willing to spend, and it's only going to go to the top guys. Like, because they don't spend all that money on Nick Foles. This I was about to say, you know, I'm a little concerned because they just put out some money for uh, for our boy Big Dick Nick. So, (laughs) which I wonder how Josh feels about uh, about uh, Nick Foles leaving leaving his Eagles. Not not your Josh Ben, but uh, Michael's Josh. You should. Oh yeah, yeah, you should you should explore that that heartbreak with him sometime. I, he's still really happy about Harper, so I don't think anything's <laughs> oh, going to bother fair. him right now. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. He's good right now. <laughs> that's they true. got Deshaun Jackson back as well. So, yeah, yep. But oh. you know, veer, veering away from other sports real quick there. But I yeah, I think you make some really good points about AEWs. It's and like Ben, what you were saying too is it's nothing until we see see the product. Which, uh, pretty soon, right? April? Is their first pay-per-view? May. May. May May 25th, I think. And then they have another show in, like, the summer. So they have two shows announced. That's it. If they do all this and then they say, and you can watch our show at twitch.tv slash AEW, then, like, they failed. (laughs) (laughs) They go full impact. They go full impact, and then all of a sudden it's 24-7 of the same two shows for the rest of time. <laughs> like, they, they need they need something. Even if it, it, even if they do, like, the monthly pay-per-views that TNA started with. Like, they need something consistent. Yeah. You could follow the old Ring of Honor schedule where they would re- they had, what, was it once a month that they did an internet pay-per-view, and then they would release, like, three months' worth on a DVD or something like that? Yeah, they would they would do something like that. That could be sustainable, though. You can't have a huge roster if you're just doing that, right? And and then the other issue is the way they're talking about paying talent. Unless you're doing something drastic, you cannot keep up those paychecks to the extent no, they're talking about. Because there's a reason revenue. Yeah, there's a reason it. WCW went out of business, and it was paychecks that were not making money. Yeah, and I'm interested to see because I know Ben, you've you've kept me in line about a lot of these and i've seen all these kind of rumors about oh this and that person and this person is wanting to leave wwe and go to aew and i'm real curious to see how that pans out if if many people do leave or or switch over there and how many i think you've back. seen a lot of it start slowing down now <laughs> yeah it's, it's definitely though. fizzled i mean it went from literally every wrestler is leaving wwe for aew to you know barely any any rumors coming out about it but it was it was a hot topic there for a minute who do you who do you think would benefit the most uh well i guess we've already kind of said it with Dolph ziggler he'd probably benefit the most from walking away from wwe uh, there's, there's a few, uh, like Nakamura probably needs to leave. Um, yeah. I think New I, Japan is always his home and probably yeah. should have always been his home. Yeah. I, I love his in-ring talent, but when you come to the WWE, if you can't cut a great promo in English, then you're really just kind of destined to fail. And I, I think even, that's, 
I think that's why he worked in NXT so well because NXT focuses so much on the in-ring product. They keep everything short and sweet when it comes to the microphone time. Yeah, I don't even think it's the promo thing that's hurting him back. It just seems like he went into neutral as soon as he got into the main roster. Like, I have not seen him step up at all. Even with the AJ stuff, it, it felt like they never got into second gear. <laughs> right, yeah. They, it was a great WWE match, but if you had watched their New Japan matches, that was that was coasting for them at that WrestleMania. Yeah, and you... You've told me that before too, Ben. Like I've been like, oh, I love Shinsuke so much, and you're like, none of his matches have compared to uh, what he used to put on, and and the few I've gone back and watched, uh, it it's true, <laughs> they they do not compare. Yeah, it's funny. Like in terms of like people who would benefit from going to another company, like you have a lot of mid card and lower card talent that think that they can jump to AEW or something and do well, but like Zack Ryder probably is where he's always going to be. Uh, same thing with like Keith Slater's and like that's you know like I think the revival would benefit from leaving but even then like what's the ceiling for a tag team outside of WWE like we're just talking too about the revival right Ben where I'm gonna leave and what do they have for anywhere else the revival nobody yeah I mean nobody wants it though yeah you have them I think them versus the young young bucks would be a match that would sell a lot of tickets and make some money, but you can only do that so many times before it gets old. Um, WWE just has a whole mess at their tag team division right now. I, I really, I, I'm a fan of theme tag team. I loved the Ascension in NXT. I hated how they were just completely flopped on the main roster. Um, I know Andy doesn't like them, but I like the concept of heavy machinery. Oh man! I know you hate them, but I love <laughs> I love the idea. You know, a theme tag team, and I mean, I am one of the few times if WWE can get their tag team division in order, I can't wait to see the War Raiders come up because they right now are by far my favorite tag team. And I, I would be interested to see what they do with the the Raiders. It, it would be interesting. That's why I kind of hope they get things sorted on the main roster before they bring them up. Um, as much as you get tired of seeing the Usos over the past couple years, they're still, to me, one of the top tag teams on the main roster. They put on a good match every time they come out, even when you think they're not. I mean, even even when we sit there and we're like, ah, whatever. It's this the is Usos. the seventh time we've seen the Usos versus the New Day, but it's still an amazing match. Or watching the Usos versus the Miz and Shane, Shane O'Mac at you know, still Nap- some, eh, ends up being at least more entertaining than I expected. Dude, the best part of that match was the end of it, though. I the, mean, the, Shane, after the match, yeah. Shane, Shane's heel turn is just that was I lost it. I think I had walked away too, and then it started, and I was like, "What? What is going on?" Yeah. But I'm like, gonna... wait, hold on. But see, I enjoyed it ironically. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. I just want yeah. to make sure we're on the same page because the, the the dad's reaction was just like. The worst reaction it was ever. So no, bad. no, it was not the worst reaction ever. <laughs> the Why Hell in a Cell against Ta- uh, Hell in oh. Cell against Kevin Owens with Shane McMahon. Shane's three children sitting on the front row, smiling as their dad is getting their face cheese grated by Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens calling out Shane McMahon's kids about this not selling dad. what's happening. 
Yeah, that that's the worst reaction that's ever happened. <laughs> like the Shane McMahon when they kept going to the dad. I feel like when they went to the kids, they went to the kids once or twice and realized, okay, we need to oh, stop. Yeah, these kids yeah. aren't going to sell. They kept they kept hoping that uh, the Papa Miz would sell, and and it was uh, it was hard to watch. I'm not going to lie. If that was my dad and he didn't jump the barricade for me, I'd be a little pissed. Forever yeah, disappointed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially... I about to say Zack Ryder's dad smacked the Miz for him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. But then again, Shane did put on the weakest looking submission hold ever. So maybe the dad was going to jump the. <laughs> he was like, but "Wait, he was like, ah, yeah. you can get out of that. You're fine." <laughs> and just, I mean, I saw I saw somebody on Reddit be like, you know, uh, the Mrs. Dad is just selling the fact that now he's disappointed in him for pissing off Shane O'Mac. <laughs> 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 So that, I was like, okay, that works. I'm good. All right, you got me. Plot twist. Miz's dad causes the Miz's match against Shane McMahon. Beats his ass. And then he goes and has his second child out of embarrassment and doesn't oh, come back man. for a while. Vanishes. Miz, Miz is always an interesting character to talk about because he's never you never hear him as anybody's favorite wrestler, but he's like the big consistent. He's one of my favorite heels. Like in how, current era, how okay. long could I like just not stand him right then and then forever? He, he won forever. me over. <laughs> I well, like... I've discovered with you, Andy. You can tell me you don't like somebody, and then either I can convince you by giving you enough reasons, or I just give you <laughs> enough time like <laughs> and you see why you should like them or it's not. It's true. Like them. I mean, it happened. So it happened with the Miz, and it happened with Elias, and. I, although, I, although I'm completely back on the train of not liking Elias again. I love Elias. I, I, yeah, I unironically just absolutely enjoy Elias and his ridiculousness. I just I want them to do more with him because I love him so much. But I don't I don't see it happening. He ripped that Cleveland crowd apart. Oh man, he did. But him playing like the. Uh, the storyteller between <laughs> every few matches during Fastlane. I love that. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> no, no, I would Michael, if you had any if you commentary had any, uh... track. Right. Just Elias doing like commentary. Oh, man. Over, like after him, he, I would love to have him recap shows. Like the new post show is yes. Elias's music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we've I mean, we're, said, we've we're selling ideas to WWE yeah. Network here yeah. so, for no so money, but... Yeah, so, so this is what we've thought. So we can add Elias Recap to the idea, but a complete New Day commentary track on every pay-per-view needs to happen. Um, I think Cena Cam needs to be a thing, because after <laughs> WrestleMania, was that 32 that we had Cena Cam or 33? That was just the last one, so yeah. So, so we're we're basically yeah. Cena's in the crowd because Taker didn't answer his challenge, and they just keep panning over to his reactions as he's like drinking a beer, hanging out with the crowd. I want Cena Cam at every show from here on out. <laughs> I, I, I I want Cena Cam, but I also when he wrestles, they should just put a ESPN mic on him because we can already hear him talking throughout his matches. They should just <laughs> embrace it. Yes, just and go just all in on him. it. Mic so, him up. So speaking of talking throughout your matches, can somebody tell Ronda Rousey to stop talking during her matches? She's as bad as like Nikki Bella at talking uh, (laughs) during her matches because Nikki or or Natalia, Natalia. Oh yeah, I'd I'd put her I'd put her with Natalia because that drives me insane. Like Natalia literally 
slapped the shit out of Ruby Riot, then in the camera said, are you okay? And good when she replied. Like, Well, it, it drives me crazy because I understand Rhonda's trying to work the crowd a lot of the time when she's talking, but like, it never fits how, like, it, she's always doing it. It's like, oh, all right, I've snapped into super badass MMA mode. I'm going to start tearing this person apart. And then she's like, I've got the person on my back. Oh, is this what you want, crowd? No, you're supposed <laughs> to be snapped and just supposed to be destroying people. You don't care what the crowd thinks at this point in time. Just yeah. do your moves and go. <laughs> she's a really f- big fan of Gladiator and just wants to constantly- <laughs> Are you, Are you not, not entertained? entertained? <laughs> yes. She doesn't do that at, Royal, at, at WrestleMania. It's all been a failure. Oh, that's okay. true. There was, there was no point in signing her if she does not do that. <laughs> We're like, gonna that's have to her last match for a while. Like, oh man, I'm gonna have to make note of that. That is that is a part of the drinking game. If, if that happens, yells, you have to down your entire. Yeah, drink. yeah, yeah. If, if, if she yells, if are she you not entertained? Yeah, if she finish yells, your drink. Yeah. Finish <laughs> all the alcohol in the house. <laughs> just start, just start pouring like crazy because we're finishing everything. Oh, just run to the bathroom, get the rubbing alcohol. <laughs> just go, Listerine. Oh. So, let's start with Andy here. Who's your favorite yes. wrestler, and do you have a favorite match? Oh, no. <laughs> That's all I put on the, the outline answer for can't you be was, no. you no. got to give me something. No, right? I know, I know. you got to give me can't, something. I can't pick one. It's so hard. Well, if you hard. can't pick one, give me a few. Oh, okay. I'm sorry this... that I, I've not had somebody ingrain on me as... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fair. AJ Styles is, is probably up there for me but uh seth rollins has been growing on me more lately whereas i kind of kind of ignored him for a while and and he, he's got me ben as i think you've noticed lately I've, um, I've 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 enjoyed him since he had two two colors in his hair bring back the highlight is all i'm saying bring it back um so th- those are my top on the on the men's side becky lynch has always been my favorite women's wrestler and and as much as they screw up their story i still i still love me some some good old Becky Lynch and favorite match. That's really hard. I'm a, you, you can come back to me on that one. I'm going to think about it. Okay. M- Michael, do you have a favorite couple of wrestlers or match that stands out in, in your mind? Yes. Yeah, so I, I warned Andy about this. Um, <laughs> yes. I, 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 I basically broke down, uh, it in er- you know, different like eras. Okay. So, uh, the the oldest era, which is I guess the new generation era, with the early '90s, is Bret Hart. Okay. Uh, just was always a huge fan of him. Always wanted the sunglasses. Um, and and he was just he was a great technician. He wasn't that great on the mic, but his in ring performance. Uh, I'll talk about one of my favorite matches of all time. But like he would shock you sometimes with how like how smooth and clean he was. He's kind of like an old like crabby old man now but like regardless of that like he's he, his his in ring work up until you know his career got taken away from him uh by Vince McMahon his in ring stuff was amazing and just the attitude era when he was a heel in America and a baby face in Canada was super interesting as a kid of just trying to figure out like why he was a hero in one and a bad guy in the other and him against Stone Cold Steve Austin, him against Shawn Michaels was like some of the best feuds. Um, then the Attitude Era, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
like it's I, to me it's like impossible not to be a stone cold fan during that time especially if you watch wwf um and then uh current era it's uh becky lynch is at the top i, I told you guys I, i've been a fan of her since like her nxt days and i love yeah. uh underdog becky i liked dumb pun becky um <laughs> Uh, like, I, like, like, so the Becky heel turn stuff goes so far, like, last year when Sami Zayn was a heel and Becky Lynch was a babyface and they were doing the mixed match, uh, match challenge, and Sami Zayn was just trying to pitch her to go into the dark side, uh, during that entire oh, time. It was I only, remember some of that. It was only done on, like, Twitter and, like, Instagram. Yeah, They yeah. would have really good videos that... He literally predicted the character that she became. Uh, so, like, Becky Lynch is just, like, some of the best storytelling inside and outside of the ring. Like, her Twitter account is amazing. Uh, and she's she's a good wrestler, so she can talk and wrestle at the same time. I do also have favorites under that of, like, Sami Zayn and, like, Ricochet, I think, has, like, a high ceiling as well. Um, Ricochet, Ricochet just looks like a dude that will look amazing with a championship title. <laughs> like oh, other than that North American championship. I like the North American <laughs> title, but I don't think it looked good with him. No. I, I don't like the belt killer, I'll be honest. Like I, I think if the belt was just like black, I'd be okay with it. How do you um, feel about the cruiserweight title? Um well, about the same way I feel about two oh five live in general most of the times. <laughs> eh? Okay. It's like, looked I, really good on Buddy Murphy, and Buddy Murphy his work in that cruiserweight division has been incredible when you think about where he came from as um, the tag team with uh, Wesley Blake and I am drawing a blank. It was just Blake and Murphy, wasn't it? Yeah, Blake and Murphy with uh, his wife, Alexa Bliss. Uh, which, like, <laughs> Buddy Murphy, like, I have a feeling Alexa Bliss, like, blew up so much that he's like, man, I really got to step up or I'm going to, yeah. like, lose Alexa well, Bliss. From, <laughs> from what I've heard, they're not together. They were never married. Oh no, they was... they're like engaged. Are they still engaged? I believe I thought, so. I thought she like broke off her engagement at some point. She might have, but yeah. And and I we watched a, we marathoned some Total Divas pretty Ooh, hard a okay. while ago. So I think I think I remember something like that, but yeah, I can't say I can't say yeah. for sure right now. Um and, and the mind blowing fact, Alistair Black is married to Selena Vega. Yeah. Oh that's... my god, you freaking just blew my mind with that <laughs> I can't last wait for them to interact on the main roster. Yes. It's going to be great. I would love to see Black Andrade again. Those are some pretty good matches. Imagine how good that storyline could be of like Vega trying to keep her personal life and her professional life of like, yes, I'm managing this guy. <laughs> oh man. Oh. And he's fighting my husband for like the WWE title. That's you could some quality up go story. A, you could straight up go AJ Lee with that. You, Just, yeah, you totally could. Oh god, yes. Hashtag <laughs> hire me Vince. <laughs> we will take um, over your creative department. The three of us have got this under control. <laughs> got this on lock. Um. Yeah. What's it like? Back to Ricochet. Ricochet is the only person that would make the Universal title look good. I think. <laughs> yeah, red, red's a horrible color for a belt. For it, the, it kind of is. It didn't look terrible on Finn, but I think that might be because of his ring gear. Yeah, it, it might be it w- the ring gear. I think it's the person that holds it. Like 
the smaller guys or the non-traditional guys probably look really good with that type of belt. Uh, it's when you give like like a Triple H with that belt looked horrible. Roman looked terrible. Roman is terrible with all the belts because he just wears it on his back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I've always enjoyed Roman Reigns' work, um, and I think that's kind of that kind of leans itself to who my favorite wrestler is. I don't feel like you have to be able to do a you don't have to be able to do everything in the ring if you can nail down some big things that get to the crowd pump. It works. I mean, John Cena made a decade-plus career out of using the five moves of Doom, even though he has an arsenal, which we started to see later on in his, you know, the U.S. Open Challenge run with matches uh, he had against like Cesaro, Sami Zayn, and some of those people. Yeah, people I just wish give we- him credit for how much he evolves his move set uh, yeah. based on his opponents. Right. The the first time I saw John Cena pull off a sunset flip power bomb, I was like, "What the." just happened but his stunner is still trash yeah the stunner needs to be retired completely um speaking of the stunner what do you feel about kevin owens using the stunner as a finisher um it doesn't look great he's getting better at it compared to like the first time he pulled it off um i just don't know if the stunner works outside of just stone cold doing it uh i i hope it doesn't become i guess that's his baby face move but his, the Papa Power Bomb is kind of ridiculous to begin with, because uh, you need so much help from your <laughs> right. opponent to pull it off. So I don't know. Like, I feel like his Frog Splash is his best move in terms of like a finisher that's believable for him. I, I've never been a fan of the Frog Splash outside of Eddie Guerrero um, and Rob Van Dam. Uh, those are about the only two that I really liked. Like, uh, I'm not even the biggest fan of of Rey Mysterio using the Frog Splash. Well, over he's too the tiny. Well, uh, yes, I just, I just don't. Yeah, his, his splash, the, the behind the behind the back, when he puts his hands behind his back splash, mm-hmm. I liked it more than the frog splash. Um, and then the dragon rana is another really cool move that Ray has that I feel like looks more like a finisher than the frog splash does for for Ray. And then he's been busting out the Canadian Destroyer lately. I'm surprised WWE's letting him pull that off with as close it as it seems like it's only with Andrade, which it might be only people that feel comfortable in taking the move, maybe because it's a very luchador move, and Andrade was a luchador at one point, so maybe. Well, that makes sense. Speaking yeah. of or that, Vince that... McMahon is just so basic. He's like, "Yes, let the Mexicans do <laughs> the crazy move. Let them do their Mexican moves." And oh, you know, God, like that, Vince McMahon's not the that most. That sounds like person. Vince McMahon. Do, do you think that that fatal four way for the U.S. title was probably the best match on the card at Fastlane? Uh, can you repeat that? Do you think that that uh, that fatal four way for the U.S. title at Fastlane was the best match on the card? I think there's an argument that it could be. Um, I really like the uh, tag title match, the the four way. Okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, I think it like as as a match, like that was probably the best match because all those guys have chemistry. Our Truth is doing the best work of his career right now too, um, which is crazy. Oh, he really is. The best promo he has had is "Damn you, John Cena." <laughs> <laughs> I just. And then the what I was trying to watch a movie about a car that transforms into a robot, and there's John Cena. I see John Cena everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I just come back, sexy glove lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lacey Evans. Poor Lacey Evans. I don't, I, I don't I've been complaining about there. this every week that I hate what they're doing with her. 
I and mean, I that is stop. <laughs> that is a character for Vince McMahon. Like it, it is, it is such days. a character for Vince McMahon. But it's just every time she comes out, I'm like, no, 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 stop, please, WWE, stop. <laughs> she might as well just come out and say Reagan, 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 and then Vince McMahon <laughs> is in the back just jerking it. Like, <laughs> oh wow. Wow, that's wrong oh. there. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. <laughs> like, she literally just needs to come out there and just say anything Vince McMahon wants to hear. Because uh, that's all she's there for, I feel like. That's yeah. why she's going to because she, she was terrible in the Royal Rumble this year. Uh, yeah, that was that was a rough show in there. And, and they just completely moved her to just, like, Vince McMahon's eye candy. Like, oh, I'm going to have her say all these... Like, if you follow her Twitter account, she, like, placed way too hard into, like, her character, which I can't tell oh, is real man. or fake. Right. <laughs> like, uh. So, I mean, she's doing a good job, then, if you're not able to even tell. Yeah. <laughs> she literally just had a tweet where one of the women were complaining about their husband not wanting to cook, and then she replied back, well, that's your job. And it's just like, oh, God, why? <laughs> why are you doing this, Lacey Oh, Because oh, like, she's, she's, she's a classy lady. Oh, my God. <laughs> she's just, uh, I, I can't stand her as a character, and <laughs> I know fair. she's just there for Vince McMahon. And it's just yeah. Like, I liked when she first came in NXT, and she's like, hey, I'm a former Marine right. who is dresses classy, and then they were just like, no, let's forget the Marine part. Let's scratch that right yeah, you're a pinup girl and and go where's yeah. deuce and domino like like oh vince mcmahon probably is trying to find where deuce and domino are and just like bring back the greaser tag team it's just like <laughs> oh it's just like oh it, it's just frustrating <laughs> but okay so we, we we were talking about our favorite wrestlers and matches and i'll quickly yeah. update you ben because i know you're gonna go for a while when I okay. unleash you on this topic. But for me, I was thinking about it. Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair at Evolution, last last woman standing match. That's okay. on my list. As well as the... Make sure I'm right. Was it Tommaso Ciampa Gargano, last man standing during one of the takeovers? Yes. Yes. That was fucking incredible. I just... Yeah. So, so much. And that was one of those cases of NXT just doing an incredible job of telling the story inside of the ring because I had watched almost nothing of NXT for months and I was fully invested in that story from the time the match started because yeah. they did such a good job. Yeah. So and, and are... I want you to take your investment you had and mm-hmm. I had been watching that feud since their matches at the Cruiserweight Classic in like 2015. Oh, Jesus. So That's how long this feud's been going, basically. Oh my God, yeah. that's fantastic. And it's not old yet. Yeah, I'm re- I'm real sad though that Chomp is going to be gone for an indefinite period of time. That this so, means he can come back on the main roster and yeah. go that, that's true. Him. They won't they yeah. won't have the chance to ruin him with tag team nonsense. Yeah, they. Uh, one thing that sticks out to me the most about that that Chompa Gargano feud is the first match that Chompa comes out as the heel. Against Gargano, he has no entrance music. His entrance music is the entire arena booing him, and he yes, just ate this. it up. And it was just like, "It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> so good." But I'll let you let you go, Ben, because I know you've been itching this whole time. I want to make sure, Michael, that you, you cleared your your list of uh, 
favorite matches before I let Ben go go wild um, here? Yeah, I only talked about the favorite wrestlers, but I could just go through right. the favorite matches that I have real quick. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's let you finish. Oh, up you don't you don't have to be quick. Yeah, you okay, don't have I'm, to be quick. I'm very uh, concise on mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. that's fair. But I, I know we, we got off tracks. So I wanted you to at least finish your points. Right, that you so, so the uh, the three matches that I like uh, like pop into my head immediately um, are Brett versus Owen Hart from WrestleMania 10. Uh, that is like a technical masterpiece. It's one of the biggest matches of Owen Hart's uh, career. Uh, Owen Hart was like always kind of a favorite. I always liked the the like the angry little brother character type thing he would play. Um, that is just like a perfect example of like how good Bret Hart is and how good Owen Hart, uh, uh, was as well. And it's just a classic old style match. Like there's no like crazy swerves or anything like that. It's just like a legitimate match, uh, that's only about like 15 minutes long. Uh, and then a, uh, one of my other favorite matches, which kind of harkens back to us talking about crowds, uh, but CM Punk versus John Cena at Money in the Bank. Uh, that was when, after the pipe bomb, uh, it was, uh, uh, CM Punk, his contract was going to expire at midnight. He was going to walk away with the championship if he won. And the best part is it was in Chicago. And the crowd just... Oh man, just, I can imagine. Yeah, it, like I honestly, like if you haven't seen it, like yeah, I need to go watch that one. That's it. You literally like the match. Uh, like Punk comes out, the crowd's going crazy. He sits in the middle of the ring, and then they just let the crowd go for like, like probably like three to five minutes, and the crowd never stops chanting through the whole forty-minute match. Like they do not stop. Wow. Like it's <laughs> it's all CM Punk chants. And Cena right. sucks. At one point, they <laughs> start chanting, you can't wrestle. And Punk stops the match, points to himself. The crowd set, boos and says no, points to Cena. They cheer like crazy. And then he's like, okay, good. And then like he would play around with the crowd. Like Punk like get got to go all out. There was a little shenanigans at the end. But that crowd like absolutely makes that match. It was definitely one of those... If he loses, they were gonna riot. Like, like I haven't seen right. a crowd for a WWE that crazy since like Cena and Rob Van Dam at the old ECW arena, uh, which is great just for the crowd. Matches whatever, but the crowd is great in that. Um, and then finally, uh, Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura from NXT Dallas. Oh, that was such a good match. It shows you how good a match can be without story. Like, they didn't have much of a build-up to that because it was Nakamura's first match. He didn't do a promo before it, nothing. It was literally, these are two of the best wrestlers in the world going at it for 20 minutes. And then you hear the stories where uh, uh, they asked Shinsuke and Sammy if they wanted to go over the match beforehand with an agent, and they both refused. And they just went out there and improvised the entire thing. Yep. Uh, that is like one of the best NXT matches. It's like the, <laughs> it's the best match that Nakamura has had in WWE, which is kind of a bummer. Cause that was his first match. Uh, he had some pretty good ones with Joe as well. He, he had some good ones, but I, that was like, that's the, the pinnacle that, yeah, yeah that, that, that like pinnacle. it started at a super high note. Uh, and then Sami Zayn has just always been 
fantastic. Like, Sami Zayn, I always feel like he could be, um, like, the, uh, a Daniel Bryan-like character. Uh, like, that underdog that gets a crowd behind him. But I'm worried he's going to fall into, like, the Dolph Ziggler territory of just the underdog that never wins. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that is, like, one of my favorite matches. Like, I, uh, uh, when you uh, asked me to be on the show, I rewatched that in uh, <laughs> the, the CM Punk match. Nice, because uh, I I had to. Uh, but but that's it for uh, favorite matches. Okay, sweet. Well then, All right. I, I I gotta talk about CM Punk now. Just before <laughs> I it, sidebar some we, CM Punk. Yeah, because we've yeah. talked about him a lot. Yeah. Um. I I I know you said you're from Chicago, so it makes sense why you're such a fan. I liked his in ring work. I loved his work on the microphone. The pipe bomb was kind of a the breaking point for me because I understood his frustrations, but if it had been anybody other than The Rock, who at this time was the biggest thing on earth, I, I, I don't know. It was one of those things where it, he felt, to me, I guess not as much of a fan. Kind of like, I mean, I feel about The Rock the same way now, I guess. It was just a, a time frame of viewing. He just felt like he was bigger than the company. And I don't think the company ever saw him as that. So I just, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I have very mixed feelings about CM Punk. Yeah, the, at, at the, different I don't times. think, I don't think the crowd or the, the company ever believed in him. Um, it was, it was definitely the crowd that made him. Uh, but I don't know, like they fumbled that storyline too, which is disappointing. Uh, which I think it's one of those things where anytime people mention like the summer of punk or the summer of punk two because he did that in Reign of Honor, in Reign of Honor well, yeah. like the exact same storyline. It's kind yeah. of hilarious. Um, but like I remember when uh, WWE two K like fourteen came out, you played through that story, and I just remember being disappointed because it starts at the high note and then it just like fades, and the Rock got involved towards the end of that like long year. Uh, yeah well not was it that year or yeah something around there and yeah. it just never it never worked out and then ever since then he just is was just like treading water right which like that's why i wouldn't put punk in like my top five favorites uh he's in like maybe a top 10 or top 20 okay uh but yeah like his wwe work was very hit or miss like after that one pipe bomb uh, and the money in a bank match yeah. Okay. I, I just I I've got a lot of friends who are big CM Punk fans, and I just I get it. But the I guess it's the same way I kind of have mixed feelings about. I mean, in this going back, I have mixed feelings about Stone Cold because he walked walked out on the company basically, and I kind of got the same vibe from CM Punk because he wasn't happy with them bringing The Rock back. But when you're a company trying to make money and you get a chance to bring eyes that The Rock would bring, then you kind of got to take that chance. I think he was also annoyed that they punished him by having him lose to the people's elbow. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people lost the people's elbow, though, so... No, no, it was always a setup move. Like, only jobbers would lose to the people's elbow. I always felt it was a finisher. The rock bottom was just the easier one to do. Yeah, but, like, he lost to the people's elbow. He had a year reign with the title. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. But they might have punished him. Just like they might punish Ronda and having her tap at WrestleMania to the armbar. Dude, I hope she loses um, to the disarmor after all the I, shit she talked about the disarmor. God, I really hope she does. 
Okay. So I will now get to my favorite wrestler. And I know this is going to sound really weird after all the shit I've talked about some other wrestlers. My favorite wrestler is Goldberg. And I know everybody's like, oh, he only had two moves. Coming from being a uh, WCW fan, the aura and the mystery of the start of his career, the way they presented him, was fascinating because I had never seen that done before. Um, It was brand new to me. Um, The way he delivered moves showed power. The intensity drew me in. Kind of like you could say from the early 90s and stuff, guys like Hogan and Warrior did with just their prowess and just their aura would draw people in and draw eyes to them. Um, I loved a lot of his WCW stuff until the stun gun incident with Scott Hall. And I feel like that killed a lot of his <laughs> momentum by a lot of it. I mean, yeah, all of it. Um, I was super pumped when he came back to WWE, even though it was only for a year. Uh, came back in 03 and had the match at Backlash with The Rock. thought it was a pretty good match to watch. I enjoyed all of it. Um, his feud with Evolution, uh, him spearing people through barricades left and right. Just every time he was on TV, it was must-watch TV for me. Um, and even his recent little comeback run he had where at SummerSlam, you know, made Brock Lesnar look vulnerable. Even though that was a minute-and-a-half match, that was not something I ever expected WWE to let happen. But they did, and I was so happy for it. Um, wasn't really happy about the Kevin Owens match and how that all worked out, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer. Yeah, well, it was kind of a bummer. I didn't expect a real match to happen to begin with, but I just would have rather it been a little different than that, but I know that was all just set up for us to get... Um, the the WrestleMania match out of them, which I thought that match was even if it was short was still it was much better than the WrestleMania twenty match. Oh, by uh, far, God, yeah. So yeah. anything was better than that. Yeah, it was it was awful. Though your um, favorite ended my favorite's career. Uh, oh, Bret Hart with the the, the kick. Yeah, 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 yeah. May, maybe. Maybe. I, I, I think Bret Hart's career was way over before that kick happened. Oh, no, it totally was. But it's that just like was, one of those That was the that... exclamation point on you need to get out. <clears throat> um, and I actually, I have a favorite match. And, and the reason this is my favorite match is because, I mean, this match has now happened almost 20 years ago. And I can still remember almost all of it. It was uh, the April 20th Nitro Goldberg versus Raven for the U.S. title under Raven's rules, which at the time Raven had his flock. Um, they would always be at ringside anytime he's having matches under Raven rules, which were just hardcore rules. They just weren't calling them hardcore. Um, you have the entire flock try to interfere. Kidman gets tossed from the ring. Other dude, I can't remember. I think it's sick, sick boy gets clotheslined out of the ring. Um, Horace, who was part of the NWO, now part of the flock, hits Goldberg with a stop sign. And Goldberg no-sells the stop sign and spears him. <laughs> And that right there, I, I was like, oh my god. This, and yes. it was fantastic. Because up until that point, I'd never seen somebody no-sell like a chair shot or something like yeah. that. So I was like, are you kidding me? And then you have Reese, who's like seven foot, 500 pounds, come in, gets him some jackhammer. Um, so he's basically wiped out the entire flock. Raven is trying to leave the fans, in air quotes, 
pull him back into the ring, put him back in the ring so he can, you know, eat eat the typical Goldberg victory sequence of spear jackhammer, and he wins his first title as the U.S. title in WCW. So, yeah, just, it's not a very long match. There's nothing technical about that match, but going back to what we said about crowds, the crowd, the entire match is electric. And it is, the commentators are having to scream to be heard over the crowd. And, like I said, 20 years later, and I, I basically just gave you the entire rundown of the match. Oh, the closing <laughs> sequence of the match. Right. So, and every Goldberger, uh, a Goldberg uh, match, basically. Uh, pretty much, yeah, you're right. No, there is some, there is some stuff, because he actually wrestled in New Japan for a little bit. <clears throat> he actually wrestled in New Japan for a little bit, and he had a lot more in his repertoire that he never used. Uh, he had a rolling knee bar that looked really cool that I think he may have used in WWE a few times, but not something you saw a whole lot of in his WCW days. Yeah, yeah, Goldberg had like a, crazy run uh like the georgia dome match like for the nitros like i I was wwf guy but i even i tuned in for that yeah his uh his uh match in the dome against hulk hogan uh which was a nitro wasn't even a (laughs) pay-per-view nope and it was on um like four day notice and they sold out the georgia dome yeah on four days his run was crazy do that for falcons games yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh, other side note, Goldberg actually played uh, defensive end for the Atlanta Falcons and Carolina Panthers. Oh, damn. I did not know that. It's a fun fact there, Ben. Fun facts. <laughs> this is why wrestling trivia at Battle and Brew needs to happen on a weekend, not uh, middle of the you week. You know, we, we missed this year. So there's a, there's a gaming bar not too far from us uh, that hosts a wrestling trivia, but they only do it like, their themed quote unquote trivias are only once a year. So we have missed wrestling trivia two years in a row now. And, and one year my my plan is to bring men in there as a ringer and just, you know, clean house. Um, and I feel like Michael, you would, you would also probably join that team of victory. Unless it's two WCW. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, that was our concern this year because they won't tell you, they just say pro wrestling. So I was going to be a smart ass. And if they mentioned anything before um, or if they mentioned anything after WWE made the switch to call in at sports entertainment, I was going to call shenanigans on every question after that (laughs) because I'm like, that's not pro wrestling. That's sports entertainment. So I was going to be real salty about it. (laughs) One day we'll go and report back though. Indeed. Yeah. But, uh, I guess, you know, I think you, you cleared up your uh your favorite wrestler and match pretty quick there, Ben. Do you wanna do you wanna move on to the the current road we're on here? Yeah, I, I kinda feel like we've already really talked so much about um I guess let's give a quick recap or not recap, uh, a quick thought on what we think of uh what this road to WrestleMania has been for everybody. Uh what we're looking forward to since we are now out of all the pay per views before WrestleMania yeah. and now just Kind of in the home stretch there. What are our thoughts or what do we want to see at WrestleMania this year? I'll let you start, Michael, if you want to give us a WrestleMania yeah. thoughts. We, we, we talked uh, about like the Kofi thing. I like that the WWE like right. accidentally stumbled into that. Uh, <laughs> and because if you imagine like Kofi was only a replacement for Mustafa Ali, like, yeah, you wouldn't poor, be having this. Or Mustafa, Mustafa Ali at Fastlane, though, man. I mean, yeah, he was put in a Rey Mysterio role 
from the Royal yeah. Rumble. Yep. Uh, and Just... he he seemed to survive it though. Like, but the, it's, I mean, it's he won thing. that crowd back. Yeah, the, the, the crowd. Part, I think. The crowd had a lot of "We want Kofi" chants, but they were also reacting to the match accordingly, which I thought was really nice of the crowd yeah. at Fastlane. Um. Yeah, I, I, so I'm looking forward to what they do for Kofi. Uh, I mean, I guess the, the WrestleMania will probably, Kofi will win it because they can't Booker T Kofi. Like, they can't do that. Like, no. that would be insane if they Booker no. T uh, Kofi. And and Andy, if you don't understand the Booker T and Kofi reference there, it's, uh, was that the Booker T versus Triple H and Triple H getting the win over Booker T that you're yes. referring to? Okay. Yes. Just making uh, sure. Ouch. The, they basically had a storyline where they kind of hinted that it was a race thing. Like, oh no, they basically this was early two thousand. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. They, they would do the they would they wouldn't outright call it, but they would pretty much right. say like people like you don't win titles. They don't deserve oh, no. titles. But but it was in reference to the fact he was WCW, not WWE, because this was while the invasion <laughs> sure, sure. angles occurring. Yeah, but it was definitely one of those vibes, though, to where you're right. like, mm, that's uncomfortable because there's never, you know, outside of The Rock, there's never been a black champion. Mm, please stop. Uh, Ron Simmons? He was WCW champ. He was never oh, sorry. WWE. Sorry. He was world uh, heavyweight champion. They now consider it all the same. Yeah, which is weird <laughs> that they do that. Um so they can't do that again, especially the way Booker lost. He took a pedigree and then 23 seconds later was pinned. Um, oh, no. Which, yeah, they pedigreed him no. and then Triple H crawled to the ring 23 seconds later for a 1 2 3. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, no, they can't do that. I agree. <laughs> so I, I, Kofi has to win there. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to Batista versus Triple H as long as they don't go 20 minutes. Um, I'm hoping because it's a no holds barred. Triple H always does that at WrestleMania where he goes like a half hour and it's like, please, God, no. <laughs> that match could be that match. I think 15 minutes is the tops you need to have that match. And of that 15 minutes, five minutes of it's going to be Triple H's entrance. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I, I am putting money down that Ric Flair comes out and chops somebody in that match. Oh, man. I'm putting money down on Ric Flair. Ric Flair going to come chop somebody in that match. I'm really hoping. Here's another idea for creative. Right. Triple H (laughs) has done like like the Keen theme. He's done Terminator. He needs to do Thanos themed entrance. Uh, The bar did that last year, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rollins had like the Thanos color scheme as well. Right. Right. He oh needs to have the, the. He needs to have a glove. He needs to go full, full like Thanos. Uh, and, and Batista just, comes out full painted like Drax. <laughs> God, if they could afford that. Oh uh, yeah, if they could only afford that, it would be incredible. Because then, but then Batista's not getting booed. <laughs> like, yeah, no, he, he wouldn't be. You can't boo him. Just don't um, wear blue. Don't wear blue, Batista. Yep. <laughs> no, no, I love that he wears blue sunglasses. Like, he is fully aware of Blue Tista. Like, he's wore blue sunglasses, blue jackets. Like, he's been, like, very like, on point with that stuff. Um, I don't know. Like, the, the show's looks like it's going to be pretty decent with the matches that we already can assume. Kofi, I just hope Kofi Bryan doesn't turn into, like, a multi-man match. Um, Bryan... Brian can afford to eat a pin at this point. 
he could, but you know, they like to get everybody on the show. It's just like, yeah. what is Kevin Owens going to be doing unless they bring Sami Zayn back to feud with him, which I really thought Sammy was going to pop up at Fastlane to screw the, uh, uh, Kevin over. Maybe a I was, Kevin Owens yeah, Samoa Joe match for the U.S. title? I don't know. I See, I don't want Kevin Owens to lower himself to the U.S. Uh, <laughs> title. Okay. The Joe looks good with the U.S. title. Um, I, I, th- I don't know if that'd be lowering it. Maybe that would just help raise the title. I feel Although, like they've tried to raise the title, and every time the U.S. champ just goes on vacation. Yeah, except R-Truth <laughs> bringing the United States R-Truth around. Yeah. Yeah, I I wanted to live in the United States of our truth for a little bit longer, and they, they Samoa had to steal yeah. that away from me. And we know we've got Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. Yes. Um, Miz and Shane O'Mac. We have the Becky Charlotte Ronda fiasco. Gotta assume that at some point we'll have the announcement of some sort of tag team match for both titles, more than likely. Yeah, and they'll probably be multi pers- uh, multi team matches. And we'll have the Andre Battle Royale either on the pre show or maybe to start the show off, like they usually do. Yeah, the memorial show is just like for people's careers who win it, like. <laughs> or Baron Corbin. Yep. <laughs> um, Mojo Rally too. You know, he's, he's. Oh yeah. Oof. Big show. Well, Cesaro's well, the only one that's found success yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Well, right? Big Show was on the tail end of that career to begin with. At that point, <clears throat> that was the, that was uh, the first battle royal match he had ever won. So <laughs> I think that was I, yeah. I think that was just them being like, "Hey, just so you don't have that O in that category, here you go." Pretty much, yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're gonna do with like the NXT guys. Like, do you see them actually putting the titles on Black and Ricochet? Uh, well, so building them. Yes, originally that was supposed to be DIY, but because of Champa's injury, they've reverted it to Black and Ricochet. And while at first I didn't buy them as a tag team, uh, the more they tag together and some of the promos they're cutting on like WWE.com videos they're showing, I'm getting behind them a little bit more. I could see them putting the tag titles, if for no other reason, as a way to build a singles feud between those two on the main roster at a later date. Yeah, which would probably be some of the best wrestling. Like, if they can have a SummerSlam blowout. Right. Oh, absolutely. I think that would be that would be pretty killer. SummerSlam is another great pay-per-view. You know, I completely forgot about Survivor Series as a pay-per-view concept, too. It's been so hit or miss. Survivor Series is in Chicago this year, so I'm, I'm hoping to go. Oh, nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. The the uh, last good one for me was fourteen when Sting came back. I yeah. I loved the hell out of that whole storyline leading into that Survivor Series, and then being a WCW guy, Sting coming out. Hey, that was Dolph Ziggler's last good thing. <laughs> <laughs> back with the Ziggler hate. Just had to get one more in. <laughs> so there's a really good chance this WrestleMania could be really great. Which I usually feel that way going into almost all the WrestleManias. Yeah, you do. It's just going to be a matter of execution. Yeah. Sure. How do you guys feel about like sitting through five-hour WrestleManias or six-hour WrestleManias, I think, last year was? Uh, it, it's rough. It's a struggle. That alcohol helps. But also you guys watch it help. live, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. 
Yeah. I, and, I watched and, last year's on delay and it oof. was it was beautiful because yeah. I got to fast forward through the, you uh, could just, the boring bits. <laughs> right, exactly. That's that's why I, I never watch the weekly shows live. Um I've I've learned that watching them live is a mistake, right? Except for when I would just catch them when I was first kind of getting into them. But uh yeah, that's uh I think my only worry about not watching it live, especially for the pay-per-views is just somebody ruining it for for Ben and I specifically because we have a few friends that will just immediately no filter. message us when something happens and it's Or like, the ESPN oh, app. Uh, yeah, yeah, turn those notifications off, bro. <laughs> I just I've shut all that off so I don't get spoiled that way, but Yeah, I just it it's it's too much at one time, but considering that like WrestleMania weekend has become, it's become a tradition for me. It's, you know, Friday night, hall of fame ceremony, Saturday night takeover. And then WrestleMania Sunday. I've just, I I'm fully committed to that whole weekend doing nothing but watching wrestling. I'm sure switching it around this year. They're doing takeover on Friday, correct? Yes. And then, okay. Yeah. Weird. That's going to mess me up, but that's still fine. No, it's fine, and we we also we also make a freaking party out of it because we're gonna have uh, we have wrestling pun themed foods like Undertaters <laughs> and pizza Dolph Rollins, Twizzlers. Dolph Twizzlers. Um, Lana was like, my wife was was working on the list last night, and pretty pretty extensive. We got to um, get one last tombstone. Got to get. Oh yeah, she's down for that idea. So we're gonna get tombstone pizzas. <laughs> Okay. Instead of ordering out, call them the one last tombstones. And I think, uh, obviously, we, we, we make bootio bars every year as well for the new day. <laughs> the Nacho so Man Randy Savage. Nacho Man Randy Savage, Hulk Hoagies. It, it, it's pretty It's pretty horrible. All the all the RK Oreos. Oh, yeah. I forgot about RK, RK Oreos. Oreos. <laughs> oh, jeez. I just but imagine yeah, you guys that's... just throwing the Oreos at each other out of the <laughs> We haven't done that, but thanks for the idea. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen now, so I appreciate it. <laughs> it's gonna be Oreos all over my place now. <laughs> but uh, it's it is definitely a lot, especially so last year was the first time I watched WrestleMania, uh, this last WrestleMania, and it was uh, it was a lot to sit through, but uh, it it at least it kept me entertained for that many hours, which I was skeptical that I was gonna be engaged for that long, and and Ben will attest to it. I paid attention. The whole yep. time. Also made you pay attention to the Daytona 500, so I don't know how much of that you is your a, attention span. Yeah, you have a special skill for that because <laughs> I, I normally can't can't follow um, that NASCAR, but you got me into it that one day. God, I just realized the stuff we're talking about, man. My my accent does not help my case at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I Michael am. calls you out on it there. Your, your accent yep. determines some of your taste here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a Miller High Life drinking kind of guy. <laughs> oh. oh man! But That's uh, fair. so Ben, what do you have any closing thoughts on WrestleMania? Well, I was gonna say I think I was gonna I think I was gonna kind of change this uh, final word up on instead of a instead of a recap here. If you were trying to get somebody into wrestling, how would you? What would be your selling line to them? Oh, that's difficult because I've tried. <laughs> Have you tried and failed? Uh, no, I've tried and got people mildly interested, but not right, enough to fair. like fully. I mean, I think it. you know, I, I I steal your line here. I mean, the uh, jocks and drama class is uh, is kind of the one I've used. 
Like um, I, I, the few people now. I, I've pitched it to my friends. I watch anime of just like this is just anime oh, with people. Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, like John Cena's <laughs> Goku. Yeah. <laughs> Undertaker's Vegeta. Like it's just like, or Piccolo. Like it's just like, and, and that's worked a little bit. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, so the, the stuff I've been able to get people into are the silly stuff. Um, that's Just trying to pitch. Champa and Gorgano's five-year feud is really difficult. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a challenge there. But showing them Will Osprey versus Ricochet, or Abushi mm-hmm. versus a blow-up doll, stuff yeah. like that <laughs> has worked. Joey Ryan has done wonders for trying to get eyes on wrestling. <laughs> yes, um, Kenny Omega versus a nine-year-old child was yep. like, oh um, man, or PWG. Uh, if you watch the PG, PWG uh, slow motion matches, where, uh, it, and it, it's from a couple years ago, but it, literally it's like Cedric Alexander, it's Champa, it's Alistair Black, and they're fighting in slow motion. And the crowd chants in slow motion. Like, it, <laughs> it's uh, everyone buys into the slow motion stuff. It's amazing. They don't do any camera tricks, and the crowd isn't on, like, being manipulated literally oh, that's fantastic jushin liger uh hits a button to make the everything go into slow motion and everyone the ref the wrestlers the crowd all move and act and hawk in slow motion that's oh man incredible. jushin thunder liger that's the name i haven't thought of in a while <laughs> he's on his uh his farewell tour right now too oh. you you have not if you want to see something funny look up tomaso champa getting on the top ropes and he's about to do a dive into five people, but he's afraid to. So he starts to scene. I believe I can fly. And the crowd sings along with him. Oh, I don't know if that ages really well. (laughs) No, no, it probably doesn't age that well. But It's still one of the most hilarious things to watch because I want to watch that, especially because it's Champa. Yeah. Yeah. That that's amazing. So I've been successful with the silly stuff, the outlandish sure. indie stuff that really gets people into it. Uh, but yeah, it's really difficult to get people into yeah. like, hey, let me tell you about Champa and Gorgano. <laughs> Let's my, down here. my line has always been this. Hey, come over and watch this pay-per-view with me. Because I always feel if you can get somebody to sit down and watch something, you have a strong chance at getting them to at least get interested. Um. It's true. I mean, we've we've proven it. We've had we've had the situation where we've had like uh, my wife's had friends over who are not not into wrestling in the slightest. Would never be interested. And if Ben and I are watching, they end up sitting down, forgetting what else they're doing, and focusing on that pay per view. Or and it's easy to sell somebody on a pay per view because that's like yeah. the top tier matches. Yeah, it's... yeah, you don't. You don't get many like you know just forward you know forward through this match kind of situations in most pay per views, most. Except for Naplash. Yeah, though, just no. All right. Well, I I I feel like we could probably keep talking about wrestling, but maybe I, we will do yeah. it again at another time with a <laughs> another phrasing, uh, so to speak. Uh, thank you, Michael, for coming on with us here today. Thank you for having me. Glad glad you got more than a minute to talk about wrestling today. 
Yeah, I, I think I think the guys on uh, on PS Nation will appreciate that you got to get on here and vent out all your feelings about wrestling because, you know, they they I don't think they appreciate when you try to, but they at least give you a minute every once in a while. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> so yeah, once again, really thank you so much for coming on here. So uh, we'll throw down obviously all your. Social media stuff, and uh, for both you and PS Nation, uh, down in the show notes. So if you guys are interested in listening to the longest-running PlayStation podcast, uh, I would I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks uh, for having me come on. Especially you guys are you know just starting out. You know. Uh, yeah, we're so early on in this. <laughs> you're early in uh, uh, in the cycle, and yeah, definitely. I know it's always so. tricky. Uh, it is when you start inviting guests on. So I appreciate you guys giving me a shot. Yeah. Uh, and it's always good to talk about wrestling. Yeah, well, awesome. as I say, that was the biggest thing. You wanted to talk about wrestling, and we we're like, yes, let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, once again, thanks everybody for listening. Once again, thank you, Michael, for joining. And uh, appreciate you know everybody who has hit up our Facebook page. We just hit 100 likes. Uh, so big thank you. If, uh, if, you know, the day we're recording is the day that Facebook spent most of the day being down, so we couldn't actually post and, uh, thank everybody for that, but, uh, just a belated thank you on that. And once again, you can, uh, find us on our social media at too young to be this old. You can find me at Andy some 25 on Twitter and Ben, if you want to throw your social media yeah, up, you can find me at Dr. Fumble zero seven on Twitter. Um, and like as always, we say, regardless of when you're listening to this, hope you have a great morning, noon, or night.